I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Are you fucking high? Yes, I am! Asshole face man! You are my podcast. My only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh talking. my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. <laughs> I got a whole folder full of dick pics, okay? Are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone boy and Phoenix. I don't know phone boy. Those two are those two are pretty interesting to listen to. Oh, they're horrible. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <clears throat> Bullshit. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. The offensive has begun. Yes, it has. And welcome to episode 109 of The Lotus Effect, which we've uh, provisionally titled Comes in an Accent. That was a comment last night in the in the, uh, in the the show chat. Um, and unfortunately now I've got to go. I've got to make sure I have my little book to write things, black book to write things down in because, you know, you never know what kind of random shit is going to pop out of our mouth. And uh, you, you racist know. bastard. Why has it got to be a black book? Why can't it be a white book or a yellow book or a red book? Because it's a, because it's actually in the color black. But I do know that I am phone boy. Oh, my duck, his pants have disappeared. Yeah, and I'm Phoenix. I'm I, a slut. Yeah, I'm, I'm, now I'm... Okay, there. Yeah. So, oh you know what's going to happen now. Yeah, you're going to... have to do it. Damon, you are not on the mic. Yeah, well... I, <laughs> Something like that, yes. Any case, um, so well, so yes, the lotus affects everyone differently, and so, sometimes it affects us differently too. And uh, so, however and wherever the lotus is affecting you, well, thank you for your courage. <gasps> you yeah. forgot the clip. Which clip did I forget? This one. I pl- no, I haven't played that clip yet because, because I because you're already here. No, I haven't gotten. Oh, oh, that's right. I haven't played that. Oh clip my yet. god, he's stoned. Yes. I am stoned. Yes, it is right. But I need to play this clip. There's, there's right. I'm supposed to actually. The road loose. Okay. Oh my God, he's stoned. Yes, I'm stoned. I'm playing the clip now. Let's, let's just do it. What is this? A freak out? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. I think I'm gonna be sick. Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing! We're there. I just had an orgasm. Yeah, Me well, too. yes, well, of course, uh, yes, we, we can't start until Sir Bemrose has an orgasm, but that's right. Um, the, so Yes, the Lotus affects everybody differently. And to me, it's apparently causing me to skip lines in the script. So however and wherever that's happening, if to you, thank you for your courage and for, for propagating the formula of the Podfather himself. Now, if you're new to the No Agenda family, which we do get some new people that listen to us because because of how we propagate our formula, well, here's how it works. Now, I won't say that I 
um, understand everything, but it was certainly uh, different. And oh, uh, yes, well, well worth a dollar. Yeah, we're a value for value podcast. Now, um, now we provide some value in the form of entertainment. At least we think it's entertaining. Now, however, you value that in return, uh, whether it be time, talent, or treasure, um, well, contribute it back to us. Here's a couple ways you can do that. You go to Lotus Show and click on that green "We Like Money" button. That'll take you to PayPal, and you can set up a recurring donation or stonation, as the case may be. I should have probably checked that before we before we got on the air, as to as to see if we have any if we got any uh, PayPal donations. Well, I'll, I'll do that real quick here. Uh, you can also Send us boostograms uh, if you are if you uh, listen to us on, a, on one of these newfangled podcast apps that allows you to stream satoshis and send boostograms. Uh, you can uh, do that. You can uh, you can send us a boost on a, on an episode or or when, when the live item tag comes up because I try to keep that stuff lit appropriately. Um, you can also send us stuff in the mail. Well, we figure the light item live item tags ought to be as lit as we are. Yes, exactly. So um, I just want to make sure that I have... Uh, oh, yeah, okay, that, that that's what that is. So I, I don't think there's any any uh, monetary donations in there. But you can also send us stuff in the mail. We've actually... We're, uh, yes, I, th- I think uh, you and Hempler's, uh, there's some there's some uh, exchange occurring. That's right. We, we have some value for value being sent from Hempress Emily M. So... I'm excited for the arrival of that particular care package. Yes. So, um, but it, but anyway, uh, let's let's talk about those who contributed value back to us. We've got a um, quite a list this week. Uh, quite a list this week. We start with, a, with again. Most of the boostergrams end up being song requests for Studio Thirty Three or Rideshare Radio. So, um, we got uh, three. We got a weirdo with three thirty three sets. All this talk about jiggling handles gets me all hot and bothered. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. Whatever uh, gets him there. Yeah, exactly. He boosts again for three thirty three saying Paula, Paula Abdul cold-hearted request from me missus okay well you know we know about Sam's rule here uh, oh yes we do uh, Servo boosted 666 sat saying Sandy Martin camel by camel uh, and then uh, Mama T boosts 333 sats devil went down to Georgia Charlie Daniels birthday today that was like yeah we m- missed out the birthday call out last week for the great Charlie Oops. Daniels yeah uh, weirdo boosted 333 sats uh, Hall and Oates you make my dreams come true uh, yeah the uh, uh, weirdo uh, boosted 333 sats and a wrecking effect, a rump shaker, and then uh, another 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 uh, boostogram. Uh, Three days grace, uh, fallen angel. Shout out to Pooh Bunny and Doodle. Uh, Interesting. Yes, that was a, a weirdo with a three thirty three uh, uh, technine, a sex to the beat. That was pretty hot. Um, Net Ned comes in with one, two, three, four sets. Say never turn Japanese without soy sauce. Uh, that's great. I agree. That's great advice. Uh, weirdo again with three thirty three sets. Saying Selena Gomez, bad liar. Uh, another another weirdo boost with we got a, we got two more boosts for Selena Gomez here. One, it was a triple shot. Yeah, heart wants what it wants, and good for you. And then you boosted three thirty three thirty three. Uh, it's going uh, Deb- Deborah Cops, Cox. App, uh, absolutely not. There we go. I, I think I'm going to take over while you uh, read train your tongue and turn off whatever sound just glinged on your computer and uh i'm gonna tell you about how i threw 3333 into the chat saying froggy potus then we got 333 for some amstein dealer's choice on that one and these were from last night's ride share we had me the very awesome phoenix not once not twice but three times making that boost. The second one was What Do You Say by Mickey Avalon. The third being Bone Homegirl. And then, oh, look, Weirdo again for 333 with some King Iso Edit Adicious? I think it's how it's pronounced. 
And then another 333 for some technique, seven words. Mama T again, 333. Fuck all y'all by Tupac. And I can agree with that. And then the final boost of the evening came from none other than Weirdo. We love you, Pedalhead. Another 333 saying skin dread, nobody. So if you want to get in on this Boostagram party, if you want to be part of splashing the walls of the Lotus with Satoshis, well, take off all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com. Or if you're body shy or it's too fucking cold because it's getting to be winter, keep all your clothes on. Go to nudepodcastapps.com. Get yourself one of those awesome podcast apps that lets you splash the walls of the Lotus. And it, uh, it keeps Phoenix happy. And then, uh, you know, so the other way you can keep me happy is you can give us some feedback. I got mail. Yay. Yes, you did get mail. And and if you uh, you can send us you can send a message on No Agenda Social. I'm phone boy at noagendasocial.com. I'm also on Spook Social, I think. And then there's uh, a Phoenix is P-H-E-O-N-I-X, followed by a bunch of other stuff at uh, 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 noagendasocial.com. You can also just send us email the conventional way. Phone boy at Lotus Effect dot show or Phoenix at Lotus Effect dot show. You can I assure you, I do check my email on the daily. Yes, uh, you can send us snail mail, and you know if you want our address, you can we can get that for you. Or you can call two five three two three seven three three two one. One ringy dingy, two ringy dingy. Dell computers. This is Chip. That's right. Chip and Ernestine are not standing by, but Google Translate is, and it's going to mangle your transcription of your call in on the refire topic, which this week is how do you like your steak. Are you like Foam Boy, who likes to run out in the pasture and bite it on the ass? Or are you a little more refined, like myself, a little pink in the middle and nice and dark on the outside? Kind of like I like my women. No, I'm just kidding, y'all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, call 253-237-3321. Tell us how you like your steak. Do you like it medium? Do you like it well? Do you like it rare? What's your preference? Or do you, how, or do you like, you or do you like it? Or do you like it topped with Bernays sauce? I mean, there's there's all kinds of options here. Why would you ever put a sauce on a piece of steak? That's disrespectful. Well, yeah, it's, it's I just tell you, it's very tasty. It's, it's been I've had that prepared. My mother used to prepare that from time to time. So, um, but I'm not saying it's not tasty. I'm just saying, why would you cover up a perfectly delicious steak with a sauce? And that's coming from someone with culinary experience. Well, I, I don't disagree. If the, if, the, if the piece of meat is good, it doesn't need sauce. Um, but anyway, we but we also well, we do have. Um, but you know, we gotta we gotta tell people. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide, and say, "Give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it." Yeah, well, just, but the one thing we're not going to take is, well, you know. We don't want your shit. We still send us your shit. Yeah, you know, right. keep it That's right. When you give us feedback, be respectful. Yeah, we, we ain't got no time for that shit. And, and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to find a clip of Shut the Fuck Up. And it's not going to be an ISO of me. But um, I do know the next thing we're going to do is going to be our health segment, which is, of course. Brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, so apparently uh, there's there's study finds unsweetened coffee linked to weight loss. Well, what's that haunting aroma? Yeah, we we got We've got to bump up your clips just a little bit. I think. Yeah, I noticed they were a little yeah. low, but let's roll with yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so you can turn you can turn up the volume on your iPad. I think that's a good starting point for that. Make sure it's uh, make sure it's all the way up there. Okay. So um, now statistics reveal that Americans love their coffee. Uh, and in fact, seventy four percent of people surveyed by Drive Research reported uh, in the steamy beverage on a daily basis. By the way, there's something uh, something disturbing about my ex. She never drank coffee. 
Phoneboy, there's a lot of things disturbing disturbing. about your ex. That's true. Black coffee does matter, Bemrez. I agree. Uh, Scientists say that coffee consumption can be a healthy habit. Now, drinking moderate amounts of coffee has been linked to lower rates of a range of health conditions, including type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease. Uh, now, we may be able to add another benefit to the list. Now, a study published October 1st in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition reports that drinking coffee associated with, with, is, is associated with weight loss. However, there's one catch. It must dr- be drunk unsweetened. Well, you know, um, that's not hard. Yeah, the researchers. We do that every day. Yeah, the researchers found that an increase in coffee consumption of one cup of unsweetened coffee was linked to a decrease in weight of around twelve kilograms, or about a quarter of a pound. On the other hand, when people increased their daily sugar intake by one teaspoon in any food or drink, they gained 0.09 kilograms, or about about a fifth of a pound. Now, cream and non-dairy creamer did not appear to have any effect on weight. Now, the research team additionally noted that changes in coffee or sugar intake had a stronger effect on weight in both overweight and obese individuals and and younger people. Now, they found that uh, caffeine also affected weight. When a person's intake rose by 100 milligrams, the amount of caffeine found in a cup of coffee, weight gain was reduced by um, uh, 0.08 kilograms or or 0.18 pounds. Now, based on their findings, the scientists concluded that while increased coffee intake helped people lose weight, adding a teaspoon of sugar cancelled out the effect. Well, you know, maybe the problem isn't the you know, maybe it's the sugar that's the problem, but of course nobody asks that question. It's a very obvious question. Maybe, you know, one teaspoon of sugar. You know, maybe that's what they should be looking at this as sugar as opposed to the as opposed to the coffee element. Again, how many times have we said, "Don't look at the sugar. Don't look over here," because the sugar industry is paying to keep people in positions that could actually raise up the alarm, saying, "Hey." Sugar is not good for you. No, there hush money is is a thing. Yeah, exactly. And and yes, of course, c- coffee is a you know coffee is a wonderful thing. Uh, it, yeah, it's that you know that when you when you go to when you're not buying coffee at Starbucks most of the time. You're buying a a, a coffee flavored sugar drink. As well. That's exactly what I was telling Bemrose in the chat that the Starbucks drinks are a key point because he said too many people add a little bit of coffee to their daily cup of sugar, no. and it's so true. I mean, even it, it's it's atrocious. You literally have to tell these monkeys at Starbucks when you order a Trenta cold brew not to put fucking sugar syrup in that shit. Did I fucking I ordered a fucking Trenta cold brew with heavy cream? Where in that statement did you fucking hear me say put some goddamn sugar in it? Nowhere, not anywhere. No. Done ranting. Okay, well, just for now, anyway. So let's, but let's go on to the well, next. You know what happens when I get on a rant, but anyway. Let's go to the next story. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? Now, the U.S. infant mortality rate rose 3% last year, the largest increase in two decades, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, well, of living, I think, is really what the prevention is about. White and Native American infants, infant boys, and babies born at 37 weeks or earlier had significant death rate increases. The CDC report, published Wednesday, also noted larger increases for two of the leading causes of infant deaths, maternal complications and bacterial meningitis. Also known as... The boost, the yeah. boost, the boost is killing kids. Yes. Seriously, all these women ran out to get the fucking jab because the doctors were like, oh, you have to have it, you're pregnant, oh, and now your fucking kids are dying, and it's being masked as complications to your pregnancy, which are probably a direct result from the boost, Yeah. or 
oh, they're getting bacterial meningitis. Why? Because their fucking immune systems aren't properly developed because you thought you were doing right by getting jabbied and boosted. And not the kind of boost we like around here. Yeah, Dr. Eric Eigenwald, a Philadelphia-based neonatologist, called the new data disturbing, but said experts at this point can only speculate as to why a statistic that generally has been falling for decades rose in 2022. Now, RSV and flu infections rebounded last fall after two years of pandemic precautions, filing, uh, filing pediatric emergency rooms across the country, filling them. Now, that could potentially account for some of it, said Eichenwald, who chairs an American Academy of uh, Pediatrics committee that writes guidelines for medical care of newborns. Now, there's absolutely no mention of the COVID-19 vaccines, which were foisted on everybody. Of course not. Yeah, which, you know, maybe that was a cause. Maybe the fact that we, t- we we forced people to take this experimental vaccine that we said was safe and effective, you know, maybe that had something to do with the fact that we're getting all these fucking problems now. Now, nobody's going to ask that fucking question because... No, you know, because it's uh, safe for who and effective at what? No, that's not a question yeah. we can ask. Shh. Yeah. Get back in line, slave. Yeah. So... Now, an infant mortality is the measure of how many babies die before they reach their first birthday. Now, because of the number of babies born in the U.S. varies from year to year, researchers instead calculate uh, uh, the, the or have been have, have, have contributed to poverty, inadequate, inadequate prenatal care, and other possibilities. But even so, the U.S. rate generally gradually improved because of medical advances and public health efforts. Now, there may have been incomplete reporting in 2021 during the first years of the pandemic. Georgia Department of, Pu- of Public Health spokeswoman. Uh, a spokeswoman, Nancy Nindem, said in an email. In the they 22- don't want the truth to be out there that this fucking vaccine was causing all this shit. So, of course, there's incomplete reporting. You're not going to tell on yourself, are you, phone boy? That would be ridiculous. Oh, there you go. Now, um, it, of course, it all could just be bullshit, as we know, but uh, as we've... Uh, you don't say. Yeah. Now, Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. This next story is bullshit, too, by the way. Brando's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Uh, now, research from Tulane University suggests that redu- reducing salt intake could also help prevent the onset of type 2 diabetes. Now, uh, that, that, well, I don't know about that, but the study published on November 1st in Mayo Clinic Proceedings is the first to investigate a link between the behavioral marker of adding salt to foods and type 2 diabetes risk. Now, we already know that limiting salt can reduce the risk of cardiovascular diseases and hypertension, but the study shows for the first time that taking the salt shaker off the table can help prevent type 2 diabetes as well, said the lead study author, uh, Lou Kui, PhD, director of the Tulane University Obesity Research Center and professor at the School of Public Health and, Tr- and, and tropical medicine in a press release. Now, I have noticed in a lot of these stories that, that, that some of these bullshit stories that they use Chinese doctors or people that of course. clearly have Chinese. So I, I just thought that's interesting. Um, well, I, I want to point out too, you are always asking the question when we have someone like commit a mass shooting or something, you know, oh, well, what drugs were they on or something like that? Um, Can we maybe ask the question, what kind of salt were they using? Yeah, well, they were, or if they were on salt at all. But uh, there you go. Now, well, researchers noted that further studies are needed to understand why high salt intake affects diabetes risk. The study did establish an association between salt intake and a higher body mass index. Now, I would argue actually that most people don't have it. So, the um, here's the thing: if you if you consume too much salt, the body actually pretty is pretty good at getting rid of it. Um, exactly, you're gonna sweat it out. You're gonna piss it out. It's gonna leave your body. It's gonna leave your body. And now, the other thing too. And again, we constantly talk about the fact of look at your diet. It's not the salt that's the problem. If you're not eating a lot of hot, fresh garbage, you're not going to have all that water retention. Yeah, and in, fa- in fact, if anything, you need, you actually, if you go on a low carb diet, you actually need to have more salt. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you don't have enough salt, that is definitely going to lead to cramping and things that you just all out don't want to have going on in your body. That's true. Now, um, so I think uh, I, I certainly don't want this in my body. Oh. 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 Yeah, well, you know that, that's actually it's funny that was so uh, we had a we we had uh, actually we had, we had the discussion about this with with uh, one of our house guests last night uh, this uh, this uh, this Ozempic thing we was like if you listen to our podcast you'd realize this drug's full of shit and you probably shouldn't be uh, listening you shouldn't be uh, consuming it uh, yeah she was talking about how her doctor wanted her to take X amount of these injections and I'm like tell him to go fuck himself because. You do realize that this drug, one of the side effects that's becoming more prominently reported is intestinal paresis where they just stop working and you're not going to drop a deuce. And and she was just mortified by that. She was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm like, precisely. And then, of course, it gave me the opening to comically say, you'd know that if you listen to my podcast. That's right. Now, while losing weight with anti-obesity medications like Ozempic, Wegovy, or Manjaro can improve a person's health and well-being, the newfound weight loss they experience can bring about feelings of social anxiety and confusion about self-identity and self, self-worth. Now, the most powerful co- comment that a patient told Robin Paspi, PhD, licensed clinical health psychologist and founder of DC Health Psychology was, I'm both invisible and highly visible at the same time. Now, um, it, it's kind of weird because, you know, this is, so when I was going through my, uh, you know, my health transformation, yes, I, you know, obviously I went through a, a physical transformation. Now I, I did not, uh, um, yeah, it, it's funny that the people around me didn't really make a whole lot of comments about it because I was showing them up basically. Um, and I didn't have to say a damn thing about myself. I did in self-worth. I felt, I felt pretty damn good because I could see around me that it was, uh, uh you know, maybe it was, uh, say the, they could have done the same thing and I would have helped them do it but they decided not to, so, you know. Yeah, and honestly, your self-worth is literally, you're the only person who can give yourself self-worth. Once you realize that other people's opinions of you don't matter, and all you have to do is be able to be okay with yourself, that's step one to healing. Yeah. Now, Pasby said that this reflects the duality that is often faced by people living with obesity. When a person has obesity, she said, they may be exposed to negative comments, accusing glares or physical harm due to their weight or body size. Now, unlike other less outwardly obvious struggles, such as some addictions, mental health concerns and cancers and so on, obesity can be seen by others, making it a highly visible condition, she told Healthline. Now, society is quick to judge and make accusations and assumptions about the person solely based on weight and size, rendering a person's true substance or thoughts feelings, opinions, beliefs, needs, wants, and invisible. Now, according to one study, 42% of U.S. adults said they'd face some form of weight stigma, such as being teased about their weight or treated unfairly because of it, with physicians and coworkers listed as some of the most common culprits. Now, I would argue with all of this stuff is that, you know, again, um, and I, because I've noticed this in, in, you know, with with some of the stuff that uh, that I've been uh, going through lately, I'll talk a little bit about it in the Toast and Jam, but this gets back to, if you don't address what's eating you, it doesn't matter, you know, how, what other, you know, what kind of drugs you're taking or what you're trying to eat or whatever, you're going to end up eating too much. Yeah, because there's a lot of people who stress eat and don't forget the cortisol in your body that when those levels are high, you tend to retain uh, all, all this weight. That's true. Um, now, um, of course, places where, yeah, I think people are, uh, you know, I don't know. We have another story here, I think. My mind is going... 
Yeah, I had to. I, I pulled. I, I did go on a clip spelunk uh, this uh, uh, earlier. It was entertaining. Today. Yes, um, I hadn't. I hadn't. Some of the first clips I got when I first got into sound files back in the '90s was actually from HAL 9000. So uh, they're, they're from the, or from 2001: A Space Odyssey. So it was kind of cool to get to pick up a few of those clips again because I hadn't. I hadn't heard. You know, I haven't watched that movie in a while. It's a, but it's but yeah, I figured that was a good for for a clip about uh, brain health in those over 50 who, who uh, deteriorated because they, they deteriorated more rapidly rapidly during the pandemic new research finds so brain health in people over 50 deteriorated more rapidly during the pandemic even if they didn't have COVID-19 according to major new research linking the pandemic to sustained cognitive decline now Researchers uh, looked at the results from computerized brain function tests for more than 3,000 participants of the online PROTECT study who were aged between 50 and 90 and based in the UK. Now, the remote study, led by teams at the University of Exeter and the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology, and Neuroscience at King's College in London, uh, tested participants' short-term memory and ability to complete complex tasks. Although analyzing results from this large data set, uh, researchers found, or through analyzing the research, research uh, data. Uh, researchers found that cognitive decline quickened significantly in the first year of the pandemic when they found a 50% change to the rate of decline across the study group. This figure was higher in those who had already had mild cognitive decline before the pandemic, according to the research published in the Lancet uh, Healthy Longevity. Now, they continued this into the second month of the pandemic, suggesting an impact beyond the initial 12-month period of lockdowns. And the researchers believe this sustained impact to be particularly relevant to the ongoing public health and health policy. Uh, policy. Now, the cognitive decline seems to have been, been exacerbated by a number of factors during the pandemic, including an increase in loneliness and depression, a decrease in exercise, and higher, higher alcohol consumption. Previous research found that physical activity, treating existing depression, getting back into the community, and rec reconnecting with people are all important ways to reduce dementia risk and maintain brain health. Now, um, What's interesting, we so it, I took your mom to the. Remember, I did took your mom to the doctor this week, right? Yep. Yep. And uh, you know, one of the things that they pointed out with her is that her vitamin D levels were low. Now, what are? Um, <laughs> I think it's worth bringing that up here in the context of you know when I when I read this story, I think about it. I go, okay, well, um, if you, I know what they were trying to teach us. They 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 were they weren't allowing us to gather and get together and even go out. There was like no. I mean, I, I my own mindset. They were you know they had everything so locked down. First of all, they did you know good luck you know I being able to go anywhere publicly because everything was shut down and and it's like any place I would go it's like well fuck it I'm not going to go there so I ended up staying home now fortunately I went out and exercised every day and and got out and still got out in the sun despite all of that but about a lot of people didn't and uh, you know one of the things you got to you know one of the things uh, uh, that, that say your mom had a low vitamin D level I heard the number and I went and, and I didn't even need the doctor to say yeah the, you should probably do something about that because that's a, that you know it's not a not a high number but you know they had all the, they had all these old people locked it down they were not getting the, probably their vitamin d levels were lower in addition to all of the other stuff of course it's going to make them sicker and it's going to make diseases that they probably already have worse so you know of course it's all this you know it's all the fucking lockdowns and shit that caused all this you know with with especially like, with everybody's bad diets like and shit been saying it is truly a worldwide government genocide well, it seems like it um but uh, yeah, I just I find this uh, you know it's just it blows me away that yeah they 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 go you know yeah of course we're during the pandemic because yeah they you know they like they said they 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 took away they they took away our socialist they, I mean this article is basically saying yes it caused people to go more crazy because we locked them down that's did I am I reading this article wrong I mean you know what do you, I mean what do you think not at all yeah you're you're reading it exactly what kind of bullshit they're talking about and I don't disagree with it I think that. 
this lockdown truly mentally affected like it, it it harmed a lot of people because people by nature are social creatures and when you isolate them it's like isolating rats rats are a really good example of the similarity of humans in their social behavior and when you isolate rats after they've been in a group it it has negative adverse effects well i mean my please see my whole marriage especially during covid i mean seriously like your marriage was fucked before covid yeah, i hate then, to break then, it to you yeah i know it was and then covid came and pretty much killed it so you know there you go Ta-da. all right so let's uh, let's go to the next uh, story here It'll be safe and effective. I, I love that clip. That was a thank cr- you, Sir Spencer. Yes, that was. Uh, we were listening to Bowl after Bowl uh, earlier this week, and we pulled that uh, that beautiful clip. Now, according to a new Cochrane review, insulin actually uh, may be uh, less sensitive to temperature than has generally been believed. Now, currently, insulin is stored under refrigeration, so it doesn't degrade or become less effective. However, study authors report that insulin stored at room temperature for months doesn't lose its potency. Uh, insulin is a vital medication for those who can't produce enough to. To meet their needs on, on their own, and it must be injected multiple times throughout the day, generally prior to meals. Now, if some people don't have reliable access to refrigeration, it can be difficult to store insulin properly, making it harder to treat their condition. Now, given the difficulty of keeping insulin refrigerated, the researchers wanted to investigate whether storing insulin at temperatures either above or below what is currently recommended would affect the potency of the product. Uh, they also wanted to look at the effects of storing it for longer periods of time than currently advised. Now, they selected one pilot clinical study and 16 laboratory studies that met their criteria. They also obtained previously unpublished information from manufacturers. Now, these these included studies related to insulin vials, cartridge pens, and pre-filled syringes. However, no data for insulin pumps. Now, when they summarized the findings of these studies, it was found that unopened vials and cartridges of certain types of insulin can be stored at up to 25 degrees Celsius or 77 degrees Fahrenheit uh, for uh, uh, for up to two mo- for up to six months. Now, it can be held at 37 degrees Celsius, which is 98.6 of the uh, this is that's uh, what that's what your body temperature is supposed to be on average. I was going to say that's the temperature of your body. Yeah, for up to two months. Now, one study that mimicked the daily temperature fluctuations of tropical countries found that when temperatures varied between 25 and 37 degrees Celsius, the medication could last up to three months without any significant decline in insulin activity. Now, the report also states there was consistent potency at temperatures ranging from four degrees, which Celsius, which is 39.2 degrees Fahrenheit, i.e., fucking cold, to 37 degrees Celsius. However, there was no data for colder conditions. Now, this is this is a, this is a good thing, right? Is it because that is you know that does require? I mean, it doesn't seem like it. Uh, you know, I didn't even realize that uh, in, uh, insulin required refrigeration. As today, I learned when I when I pulled this article that I actually knew because I had dated a guy, and he was an insulin dependent diabetic, and he oh, it used to creep me out because he used to have to take injections in his stomach of insulin, and who. I never wanted to be in that situation, but I can only imagine what it's going to be like for an insulin-dependent diabetic to have to carry that little fucking cooler around with them everywhere and yeah. make sure that their insulin stays cold. Yeah, the only the only um, the only type one diabetic I knew is actually a barista at the Starbucks in, uh, in Wisteria Lane. 
Um, she, she was, yes. And it's funny because I think, I mean, she, she'd been, a, she was, um, um, you know, she'd been there for a while and I, and I, I, I actually, I'd moved with her to a different store even because of, uh, but, uh, and she, uh, yeah. Were it, you stalking her fumbly? Not necessarily. She just happened to be one of the few competent baristas. You know? Barista stalker. Barista stalker. I guess that's a show title or something. Maybe. I think maybe. Uh, uh, may, maybe, but I know, I know what this is, uh, but any, but, uh, and we never talked about the, I mean, we, it's funny because, because I joke about the fact that she's serving, you know, di- people diabetic comas all the time, right? We, you know, so it was like, but, uh, you know, she, yeah, she, she didn't drink a whole lot of the stuff there, uh, consequently. And, and, you know, it was, um, but, uh, you know, she, I know she did complain about the fact that, yes, there's, because they, because of the insulin, um, injections that, yeah, sometimes, uh, you gain weight in weird places and that kind of thing because of, well, yeah, because it's literally causing adipose pockets where you're at the injection site. It's, oh, like I said, I feel bad for people who have to do that to survive. It's it's really shitty. And uh, so is this next story, by the way. This is a scam. Yeah, I had to pull in an article about daylight saving time. It's one of my least favorite things. It's uh, um, because uh, as of uh, tomorrow, uh, most Americans will have to turn their clocks back one hour as daylight savings time ends. Now, if you live in if you live in Alaska or you live in uh, Arizona, which are the two states that do not observe daylight saving time, then uh, look good, good for you. Now, uh, shout out to Vox, by the way. Yes, the Alaska. Uh, yeah, though she, yeah, though she's I think she's cr- in Mexico right she, now. Last uh, time I knew. Yeah, that's right. Changing the clocks does not only impacts getting a good night's rest, but it can also influence mood, alertness, and appetite. Now, light stimulates wakefulness and dark stimulates sleep pathways and the release of melatonin, which is an endogenous hormone that promotes sleep. Now, the, the change in seasons impacts mental and physical health with changes in light and temperature affecting uh, activity levels and moods. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, my uh, my ex-heifer-in-law had a uh, was uh, yeah from from the from the Pacific Northwest and uh, yeah, has a seasonal affective disorder. I don't know why she tortures herself so much, but well, maybe she just should end it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. Now, in the realm of sleep uh, and brain functions, shorter, darker, and colder days tend to bring more sadness and can worsen depression. Physically, this can also lead to more daytime sleepiness and fatigue, uh, make major symptoms of sleep disorders. Now, people with insomnia and hypersomnia feel better in the summer months. Now, sunlight also stimulates vitamin D production. Your mom needs to get out in the sun. Um, That's why we keep telling her when we found that out, we said, you need to sit in the sun for 30 minutes a day. I don't care if you bring your knitting outside. I don't care if you sit there with a cup of coffee and just look around and enjoy nature. But you need to be in direct sunlight for 30 minutes a day because your vitamin D levels need to get raised. And the best way to do that? Naturally. Yeah. Now, when the time falls back, we gain an hour of sleep, which is helpful for those people who uh, um, is helpful for most people and therefore not disruptive. Now, we see most dysfunction in the spring when we add an hour of sleep loss to a chronically sleep deprived state. Uh, uh, now, interestingly, studies show th- that car accidents release an increase on the Monday after the spring change. But uh, so they spring forward, but usually decrease on the Monday after the fall time change. Now, yeah, because you're getting less sleep when you spring forward and more sleep when you sp- when you fall back. Yes. Now, I keep waiting for the f- I keep waiting for them to fucking just go on permanent DST. I've always been a fan of I don't really care whether you like daylight time or standard time. Just quit fucking changing the clocks. You should have heard this rant when you first had it. It was it was worth the price of admission. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, um we should probably um I think we have I think uh we've now moved on to the happiness segment. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. 
Coincidence? I think not. Now, the entire family in this case shares the same birthday as twins that are born the same day as both of their parents. Now, I had my dad and I had the same birthday. My mom and her mom had the same birthday. Um, I have the same birthday as my mother's grandmother. Well, there you go. So. So a couple with the same birthday is thrilled after their twins were born on the same day. The entire family now shares the same birthday. Uh, Sierra Blair could not believe it when her doctor revealed that her babies were ready to be born 10 days earlier than their due date. And she was told to go straight to the hospital to deliver the twins. She and her partner, Jose Irvin, welcomed the babies, Jose Jr. and Aria, 30 minutes after midnight on August 18th in Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. The 30-year-olds uh, were told one of the uh, one of the babies were breached. Sierra would have to have a C-section. At this point, it was around 5 p.m. and they were healthy, recalled Jose. So I suggested we wait for a few hours so they could be born on our birthday. Now, they met last year when Jose kept seeing her around and took it as a sign to speak to her. When she revealed her birthday to be the same as his, Jose thought she was joking until he saw her ID and then took it as another sign they should be together. He is beyond happy that they can share their big day with their children now, too. To have my son with my name and the same birthday is amazing. The only difference is I was born in 1992 and he was born in 2023. Well, young, young people there. Uh, Jose said that the twins and their mother have been resting and doing well, and the sister and brother already seem to have a close bond. Now, last night I saw my son was asleep and laid my daughter next to him. She noticed he was asleep and kind of kept trying to wake him up to speak to him. I want them to be the best friends forever and really close. This is my family, and I feel so blessed. This is a really sweet story, but also I, I have to poo-poo just a tiny bit on it because of the fact that if this had happened naturally, if she had naturally gone into labor after midnight on her technical birthday and gave birth, yeah, then I'd give this a real, you know, way to go. But you fucking had a C-section. That's kind of cheating. I'm just saying it's kind of fucking cheating. Yeah, I'd like to go back to 1972. Um, you weren't even a drop on your daddy's dick in 1972. Shut the fuck up. Give me a break. Yes. So okay. well, actually, no, that's not true. You actually were in his balls in 1972. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was. By technicality, yes, you were. There you go. Well, um, okay. So I think we need to go on to the next story where we're gonna. It's the drama mama. Yeah, that's right. So now this is one of the, it's another one of those listicle articles. I got to say it, but I, I, it's, it's funny when I read some, some of these articles, I just kind of scratch my head sometimes at like, does anybody actually read this shit? I mean, um, so eight signs that someone's projecting their issues onto you now. So, um, and, and I think these are reasonable things to talk about. So we talk, cause I think we can talk about this in terms of some of our current discussions behind the mic is, a, uh, so one of the ways that somebody projects their issues onto you is they have a distorted, distorted version of reality. And when someone projects their version of things onto you, it indicates that they have a fantasy reality that they dwell in, where they don't have to take responsibility for what happened. Now, these people are emotion-driven and are arguing, and arguing with them won't achieve anything. What they project onto you makes no sense, such as when someone insists you lost something but never had it to begin with. Uh, my, my, unfortunately, like my mother had a very distorted version of reality at times, and that was a, that actually got into some of the stuff that was uh, um, you know, done in there. Now, um, of course, fear-based projection. This happens all the time. Now, an emotionally unstable person may project their fears onto you. Um, now, we we talk about this a lot. You know, we're, we've seen this happen a lot. Absolutely, yeah. Com completely right. Following along with the narcissist playbook, this shit. Yes. Instead of seeing you for who you are, they accuse you of the things they fear the most. Yeah, I think that was. Uh, yeah, my uh, my ex was accusing me of something that uh, that I think she was doing herself. If I'm if I'm honest. You mean she called you a scale? No, <laughs> I just, but 
You said the thing they fear the most. Oh, I the said, sc- oh, she called you a scale. Oh. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Fat joke. Fat joke. All right. Um, if they are afraid of committing to a relationship, they may accuse you of lacking commitment. It's always about their fears, but you're the one who's supposedly afraid. Now, uh, now we talk about uh, victim, right? And playing the victim. Now, projection is a favorite tactic of someone who wants to make themselves into the victim of the innocent in the world. In their reality, they never do anything wrong. It's always you. They simply sweet and carry, and you're the one who's being aggressive and unapproachable. Now, when you try to tell them about something you're not happy about, they twist things so you're the one who hurt them. Now, in their mind, they can even create scenarios that never happened, but some some, uh, but that seems to support their claim to victimhood so they can enjoy self-pity and turn you into the guilty party. It sounds like my ex. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Yes. Uh, excessive expression. When people overreact in a situation and begin attacking you and accusing you of things that they're actually guilty of themselves, uh, it's often a sign they're projecting their own battle onto you. And instead of doing the work to face their own issues, they make these issues yours so that they can fight it out with you, making them heroes in your own in their eyes and, and not have to face the issue themselves. Um, yeah, not wanting to deal with things and not wanting to deal with reality. Yeah, I mean, that's actually something even reading in my uh, reading the letter from my dad that I uh, that I uh, that I found uh, not too long ago. Yeah, he said, you know, chase your dreams, but, uh, you know, just remember that, remember, you know, don't lose touch with reality, right? Because it. Well, wasn't it your dad where you got the plaque that says never get too busy making a living that you forget to make a life that hangs here in the studio? Yep, that's, I got it. I got it for him and I got it back from him after he passed away. So, very poignant words. Yeah, exactly. So, um, now, uh, constant accusations, a clear sign of projection is that they have no evidence to support their claims and their accusations are just unjust and hurtful. And they blame you for what hurts inside them so that they can cast their wound onto you. Now, now I got to point out, they, they listed eight tips in here, but they go from tip number five to tip number seven. Oh, beautiful. Yes. That's how you know you fucked up. Now, you feel your mental health suffer. When they are near you, you feel anxious, uncomfortable, and stressed. It sounds like me around my ex and my kids. They they aren't safe to be around, and uh, they aren't safe to be around, and your mind knows this. Now, and I know that, yeah, you know the truth of what they accuse you, but trying to assert this is virtually impossible as they are illogical and irrational. Yes, they, they definitely were that. Truth. Yes, and you may feel like you're losing your mind just speaking to them. Yes, I believe Fuck I did. Yeah. If the projections continue long-term, it can cause serious psychological strain, even leading to your mental health suffering. Yeah, my That is so true. My mental health was suffering living with that half. Now, we're the same. That's that's number eight. When someone insists that you have similar experiences and are the same, down to how you should experience things, indicate that they're projecting their experiences and passed on to you. Now, to them, you can carry the burdens they don't want to, but so they load it onto your shoulders, expressing that you are so alike to them. Now, they expect you to be responsible for their their past, their present, and their future. The result of this type of projection is that you can start changing to fit their narrative, forgetting that you have your own. Yeah. That's where boundaries come in and putting your own oxygen mask on and not allowing someone to heap their shit onto you. Exactly. Um, but um, yeah, this, this is, it's just, it's amazing to me. And you read some of this, they read some of this. Yeah. It's, I mean, that all, that's all, it all kind of ties together. It's like people, you know, I mean, we, I mean, narcissism is one sort of a grand unifying theory of some, of, of, of some people anyway. And 
you know, but, it, but it's they, just a chain of of bad behavior to to speak of. Yeah. Now this is not this is not a chain of bad behavior. I think this is something good. Finger looking good. Now, uh, with a brilliant idea that could clear two hurdles in one leap for renewable energy sources, scientists at ETH in Zurich have discovered a way to use chicken feathers to manufacture a critical component for hydrogen fuel cells. That sounds like a good idea. Um, hydrogen fuel cells can generate both emissions-free energy and a portable fuel uh, similar to diesel, but at the moment, they are manufactured with so-called forever chemicals that are toxic in certain quantities and don't biodegrade in any way. On the other hand, chickens are an invaluable part of the food supply, but come with 40 million metric tons annually of feathers that are incinerated as a waste product that produces CO2 and other problematic gases as well. Now, this is where the team at ETH, in collaboration with Nanyang Technological University in Singapore, have come up with a brilliant solution of using the feathers instead of the chemicals, thereby sparing the environment on both ends in two different ways and a potentially lowering the cost of hydrogen adoption. Now, I've developed a number of years, or I've devoted a number of years to researching different ways we can use food waste for renewable energy systems, said Rafael uh, Mazenga, president and uh, prof uh, professor of food and soft materials at ETH Zurich. Our latest development closes the cycle. We're taking a substance that releases CO2 and toxic gases when burned and used it in a different setting. With our new technology, it not only replaces toxic substances, but also prevents the release of CO2, decreasing the overall carbon footprint cycle, he adds. Oh, now what do you bet these things won't ever see the light of day? Well, not unless it suits those who are running the narrative for their whole green bullshit. Yeah. So fuel cells create hydrogen fuel by separating the hydrogen from the oxygen in water. At the heart of the fuel cell lies a semi-permeable membrane that allows protons to pass through but leaves electrons behind to escape via an external circuit from the, uh, from the negatively charged anode to the positively charged cathode, thereby creating a, a current that can be harnessed for electricity. Chicken feathers are made up of 90% keratin, a protein in our hair and fingernails that uh, um, that Mazinga, etc., converted into ultrafine fibers uh, called amyloid fibrillus by breaking the feathers down in an environmentally friendly way. The, fi the fibrous can be used to make the membrane between the anode and the cathode of the fuel cell three times cheaper than synthetic materials. But better still, this fibril membrane can also be used to create pure hydrogen, as in H without the 2 and the O, which doesn't exist on Earth naturally, but which can be used like diesel fuel to power heavy machinery like planes and trains. In this case, a current is sent directly through the water as part of the method called ele electrolysis. Now, under the conditions inside the fuel cell, oxygen this time escapes at the positively charged anode and leaves hydrogen to exit the negatively charged cathode. The membrane in this case allows the protons to pass through even when it's pure water, which typically isn't conductive enough for electrolysis. Um, now, per e the ETH Zurich uh, press release, that researchers' next step will be to investigate how stable and durable their keratin membrane is and to improve it if necessary. The research team has already filed a joint patent for the membrane and is now looking for investors or companies to develop the technology further and bring it to market. I mean, I'm I'm honestly, I th you know, I'm always interested in all these different ways of fueling things and, and you know, and coming up with uh, new ways to reuse things. It's, that's a uh, that's great, but uh, I'm, I guess I just I guess I just don't see this being a real thing because that would make too much sense. Exactly, you know. Yes, um, you know what we need to do here as, I, as I'm looking around here is that uh, why is it okay? Uh, keep okay. I know we 
We are uh, getting ready to transition into the cavalcade of stupidity, and I have been assured yeah, we by have. the wonderful Sir Rev Cybertrucker that we have a cavalcade of stupidity. So take it away, Rev. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play it now. <laughs> While poking around my favorite sketchy, stupid music websites, I came across something that made me giggle. While it isn't exactly a stupid song, it, it, the idea of the song is kind of stupid, but you'll see what I mean in a moment. In 1992 and 2019, Disney released two different interpretations of the Aladdin story. While both of these interpretations are fantastic in and of their, themselves, everybody knows that the 92 version is the superior one. Mostly because Robin Williams, who is not exactly known to be a musical talent, absolutely killed it. But what made me giggle was a mashup. A mashup of the same song from two different movies. While I haven't been able to ascertain the original mixer of the two, I'm still going to present to you A Friend Like Me from the 1992 and 2017 version of Aladdin. Well, I love had them 40 feet, Sherry's out ahead of thousand tapes. Master, you in luck, cause up your sleeves You got a brand of magic never fails You got some power in your corner now Heavy ammunition in your camp You got some punch my sand And how all you gotta do is rub that lamp And then I'll say Mr. Announcer, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order, I'll jot it down You ain't never had a friend like me Life is your restaurant To me, whatever it is you want, you ain't never had a friend like me. And sir, we pride ourselves on service. You're the boss, the king, the shot. Say what you wish is yours, true dish. How about a little more baklava? As I'm a colony, they're all a colony. I'm in the mood to help you, dude. You ain't never had a friend like me. All right. Uh, so we will uh, play the full version of that in the uh, in Studio 33, uh, as we as we usually do. Uh, so uh, now we're going to um, transition here to our uh, to to tales uh, through toast and jam. And uh, and we're we, still looking for a clip for that. But we, yes, we are. Yes, we are. And so, um, yeah. Um, so what do you got from Rideshare this week, honey? I actually had a couple of interesting things. So I had one guy who it just happened when he got in the ride. We had POTUS Peaches on the stream playing. And his initial reaction was to start singing the song. And he was like, POTUS, I like it. I'm like, wow, you know, I don't get a lot of people who really appreciate that music he's like well you must be a kid of the 90s i'm like well i graduated in 94 yeah sort of kind of and so we got talking and he is originally from hawaii so of course that led into chatting about the fact that phone boy graduated from hpa in 
Hawaii, and yeah. he was actually familiar with the school. So it was an interesting conversation and ride, very short ride. He only went downtown to a hotel, but it was really cool to have a conversation with someone of that basic age group who kind of understood all of, you know, all the intricacies. And we also had a chit chat about some illicit substances and views around that. And I decided I need to get some uh, some cards made up for coffee and chronic because we're starting to get some interest from some of my riders. So that'll be next on the agenda for me to do. And then I had this, I had this wild ride. So this guy gets in and of course something just told me to ask him, you know, where he was going and so on. Cause he didn't have a lot of luggage. He had just like an overnight bag. So it turns out he was flying to Sh- uh, Charlotte and it was for work, and I asked him, you know, what he did, and he said he worked for a company named Suma Logic, and that name just resonated in my brain, and I was talking about how Phone Boy works in cybersecurity, blah, 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 and he asked who he worked for, and I told him the name of the company, and he was like, not this company's name, Firewall. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, that the, that company's firewall. He's written two books on it. That's the company he's worked for for like 25 years. I just found it amazingly serendipitous that I would have a person who is familiar with his company. And the fact that I had just recognized the name of that particular company recently and their location for that matter as something that came up when I was looking at some internal information at you know, phone boy's company, because of course, when he's doing work, I get to hang out with him. And sometimes that means resting my head on his knee while he's, you know, sitting in bed doing some kind of work. So yeah, I see some shit. So it was just really interesting the way the universe placed that person with me and so on and so forth. We had, we had a fantastic conversation. Yeah. Now to be, to be clear, I don't know, um, the, you know, the, I don't know the specifics of any of it. Uh, it, 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 based on, you know, looking at, looking at, uh, the product and everything, it seems like it would make uh, sense. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know for certain on the other side of that, but, it, but at the same time, it's, uh, yeah, it is, it, it is kind of odd when, uh, that because, you know, in terms of like marketing, my day job does not, does, uh, not always, uh, you know, is not known for for, uh, you know, for uh, loud, splashy marketing. So, uh, so yeah, and to be honest with you, there's only one company with your name that's based in Israel. That's all I'm saying. Well, this is true. Yes. So, um, yeah, it is. Uh, we are. Yeah, we are considered, I think, the Microsoft of Israel or something along those lines. But uh, that's lot, a pretty lot, interesting moniker. To yeah, have. exactly. Now, now meanwhile, um, now you have not. Uh, I had one more. Uh, ride. Had one more ride. And, and it, yeah, you, yes, uh, you ended up having to go. You ended up going back to Knoxville, which you haven't done in a while. For Actually, for, I, I went all the way to Powell, which is a little bit further than Knoxville. So what ended up happening is I picked up a ride out of like upper, almost near Kentucky. And it was supposed to be this person was going to the bus station in downtown Nashville. And as we were talking, she indicated that ultimately she was trying to get back to Knoxville or Powell, which is, you know, kind of like a suburb of Knoxville. And I was like, well, just out of curiosity, because she said she'd have to wait until like six o'clock the next morning to get the bus. And I'm like, just out of curiosity, what would that be worth to you. You know, throw throw a little value for value in the mix. 
So we we discussed, you know, off the books, what would it be worth to her to get to Knoxville? We agreed on a price and off we went. We um, we stopped so that we could have a bathroom break because good God, at the end of my day, like two Trenta size cold coffees, probably some bottles of water. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to burst by the end of the day. And it's not because I hold it, but my body really just, I'm kind of like a camel. It doesn't really have a temper tantrum over the fact I have to pee unless I've eaten or drank something that had some sugar or something in it. And then my body's automatically like, yeah, we're going to pee a hundred times a day. Or if I drink way too much liquid, but nonetheless, uh, I'm actually going to post in the chat. I took a couple of pictures of this Halloween display kind of thing that was being towed behind a van uh, on this particular trip. So it'll it'll be in the show notes near or in the in the chapters um, talking, that we marker for this story. Okay, you're talking about the yeah. So you want me to pull the Halloween thing again because I got I got to pull it from a past. Uh... I didn't give it. No, I have not provided you this yet. Okay. So I have not shared these pictures with you yet. Okay. So you haven't even seen it. Okay. So you will have to put them in the chat. Um, yes, I'm. I'm going. I'm going to put them in the chat when when we're yeah, when, done here. I'm yeah, hard you, as fuck yeah, to. When you're done with your story, I'll talk. About right. But long story short, so we stopped to go to the bathroom, and I actually allowed her to eat her dinner and to smoke a cigarette in the back seat. Now I don't let people eat or smoke in my car. So I'm going to have to do a, a major detail, but I was trying to be kind because I could tell, you know, she's, she was going through some shit and we actually had a really great conversation about a lot of different things to the point that, I mean, I'm not trying to be all braggy or anything, but I think I may have positively impacted this lady's life with the conversation that we had and all of the things that occurred that night, it meant so much to her that I was willing to go all the way to Powell for, you know, the agreed upon price so that she would not have to wait until six o'clock the next morning to be able to get a good night's sleep and so on and so forth. And I have posted in the chat the picture of what we saw when we stopped at the QT station in Lebanon but it was an all-around fantastic ride. She gave me a large tip on on the uh, the Uber platform that I was running on. And it made... I mean, I've done this before for people who I go to pick them up and find out that they're going to the bus station and they're trying to get home. And I then kind of make a, an executive decision like, well, if you haven't paid for your bus ticket yet, we can work something out off the books. Because more than likely the amount of money that they're offering that would offset the cost of the bus ticket is worth me taking the extra time off the books because it's all cash in my pocket. I don't have to share any of it with the rideshare company, my vehicle, my gas, fuck you. But it, it was, I, I truly believe, you know, you all have heard me talk about uh, my friend Tabby and the things that have gone on since I've met her. She is one of the people that I truly believe that I was put in this person's life for a reason. And again, this, this fair that I had that brought me all the way out to Knoxville, which, you know, it, it essentially, you know, added about three hours to my day, if I'm honest, but it was okay because I was doing something for another person. Yes, I was getting paid for it, but 
there was still an air of one. I didn't have to offer to do that. I could have just dropped her off at the bus station and, you know, have a great life. Good luck. But something in me told me to take this ride. I didn't hesitate at all. A phone boy just happened to be in my ear when I had picked up the fare. So I just told him, I said, babe, I'm going to be a little bit later. I'm going to Knoxville. And there was absolutely no pushback as there rarely ever is. When I, when I hear a phone boy tell me, baby, I really don't want you to do this, or he doesn't even say, I don't want you to do this. He'll say either I'm not a fan. I'd prefer if you didn't, but the decision is yours. Like he always leaves it where he's not telling me what to or not to do. So because he very rarely pushes back, if he does push back, I don't argue that fact because I know there's a very solid reason why he doesn't want me to do it. And again, you know, we talk about the universe a lot. I truly believe that that's the universe's way of telling me that if your partner who's always extremely supportive of you and understands that you need to make the money to keep your own self afloat, when he says, no, I, I really need you to come home instead of working just a little bit more. Yeah, I heed that without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's but this and yeah, I think that's you know, well, that's that's I'd say that's developed over it's yeah, I mean, most and I and yeah, most of the time I am like, yeah, do what you got to do, but yeah, there every, every now and again I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, I think I need you to come home, and exactly. You- and and in those times, I am 100% on board. Yes, I had one time, there was one time that I did kind of huff and puff a little bit. Because it was worth like 60 or $70. But he said, you know, I, I really need you to come home. And I huffed and puffed a little because I really could have used the money. But at the end of the day, I was still okay. I still was able to pay what needed to be paid. So it ended up not being the biggest problem in the whole wide world. Yes, that is true, and then and so anyway, I'm uh, I I just I'm making sure that we have the stuff ready for the the next uh, set of us, the next things we're talking about in the toast and jam. So, all right, the next thing I'm talking about in the toast and jam is the fact that yeah, I'm going to be rebuilt. So I, I've uh, it's uh, I've got a, I've got a couple of things being used here. So that, so there's like the like the website that you guys all use is is being hosted on what used to be called One and One. I think they're called Ionis now. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it, it's useful for hosting the actual website. However, there are some other things behind the scenes, of course, that make all this happen. There's a, there's a server on which I run, uh, on, on which I run the IceCast server, and I'm hopefully going to run uh, Liquid Soap. Now I'm kind of starting to wrap my head around it. I didn't realize it was an, it was an, installed as an interpreter because I'm going, well, how do you invoke this? And yeah, anyway, I finally figured it out. So, um, but, um, but I, what I realized is that if to do this the way I want to do it, because I also want to take the fact that, you know, when, during the off hours, I, I like to play music and, and rather than and have that stream directly from the house here i'd like to have uh, like to have at least some music uh, on the streaming computer itself and so that involves uh you know and also I'd like to be able to uh well uh, jump on the stream from anywhere and the way you do that the way i need to do that is uh, sort of the way the no agenda stream operates uh with uh liquid soap and so i've actually now i think I, i've i've seen the stuff as uh, sir bemrose has provided the link at, at, at some point to the uh to the to the f- things that they use for uh to run their liquid soap uh in 
instance. And so I ended up buying, uh, yes, like a couple days ago, I bought a new uh, virtual server that I'm going to put uh, that, that actually will have, um, that, that hopefully will have uh, the, 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 the IceCast server on it. We'll have the new, uh, we'll, we'll also have... Um, a liquid soap on it, which will allow me to do some of the streaming stuff. And then also it'll run our lounge instance, which is how you and I sit on IRC. So, um, and it's now it does also run, it also is a web server for phoneboy.com. So there's some stuff that, so I need to make that set all of that up as well. So I had to buy a slightly more capable, uh, virtual server with more disk space in order to accomplish all of that. So, uh, it's definitely going to be helpful yeah. when I go with you, uh, after the beginning of the year on your, business trip when we go to Vegas. And also, if you have it set up before we go to see the Niners kick the shit out of the Seacocks in December, that would be helpful too, because otherwise we're going to have to put some shows in the can and we're going to have to hope for the best. Well, I think I think on that weekend we're going to have to put a show in the can anyway because uh yeah, I'm going to go we're, we're supposed to go see my aunt and uncle that day. So, because um, because Oh, this is true, but it will still make it where Yeah you can do what you need to do a lot easier ultimately. Yeah, this is true. So it's just, I've got to set this up. It's just I needed it. I, I realized as I was trying to do it on the my existing virtual machine, I realized it didn't have disk space and I couldn't add more to it. So I said, well, it's probably time to find a different one. And I had I actually have an, I had a second one that I wasn't using that I decided I would go ahead and cancel the subscription to and then get a different one. And so I'm starting to set it up now, but it's uh, over. So, you know, the, you know, insert DNS changes, whatever. The nice thing is I can have, I have a separate place to set all this stuff up. I can make sure it all works before I completely de decommission it. So it's kind of a, a nice way to actually... Uh, I truly cannot wait until you're done having to pay extortion to that helicunt so we can give Phoenix a techgasm, buy a new MacBook, buy whatever we need to get so that this shit is flawless because this show truly is us and we are this show. That's right. So um, speaking, but you have, but you have your own show now, which we, and we actually had, and, and we actually set up the website for it uh, the, this week uh, is for Coffee and Chronic. Uh, I am loving doing this show with Hempress Emily M. She is so much fun, especially because we will now, she has her microphone because it has arrived and being able to see her when we're doing the show is so essential because her facial expressions are so great. We're actually going to be doing, I, I never thought I would hear my own self say these words, but we're actually going to be doing this on video that she's going to post on Rumble. Mm. So I'm kind of excited about it because her facial expressions, she uses every muscle in her face when she talks. She has me just absolutely cracking up. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, 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 can, I can tell you that this, that this is completely true, uh, both because I've seen it in person and because I've seen them on FaceTime. So uh, That's right, because they have actually visited the studio yeah. here, her and yeah. Well, the way that was Yeah, I'll have to go figure out what episode it was that they were in. But, oh, God, I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah but it was a minute ago. Yeah, there was, it was one of our, uh, yeah, one of our In the Blossom episodes, which, uh, yeah. Yeah, we haven't done a whole lot of those, so yeah. you should be able to find it without too much trouble. Yeah, exactly. But I'm very excited that we're going to be adding a video component to our show. And it also helps, too, with not having uncomfortable silences because we can see each other. And I'll know, like, if she takes a coughing fit because she hit her shit too hard, I can see that she's thrown her mute button and is having a coughing fit and I can keep vamping until she's able to actually speak again so that I'm not waiting for her to talk. And then, God forbid, I have the, okay, I need to break the silence thing. And then she starts talking at the same time. It just, it 
it reduces that. Well, but also, greatly. I mean, the other thing too is you're going to have lower latency because you're because because the first few episodes were done with with Emily on calling in on Google Voice uh, from her cell phone, so that always adds a little latency. So it'll be a, a lower latency connection. So the so in general, it should that should help things as well, right? So it's there's there's it will, but all in all, this is really getting kind of a following, and I love it. So you know, I. We're definitely going to keep going with this. We tackle the things that other people may not want to talk about. And we take a we, we don't apologize for our stance on the certain things that we discuss. We're not trying to be politically correct. We're not trying to fit into your mold. If anything, we're trying to take a big ass sledgehammer to the mold because it's about fucking time that somebody did. And there's nothing wrong with starting your you know, your week on a Monday morning, 7 a.m. Central with some coffee and chronic. And there you go. It's a great way to start the day and the week. Yeah. Soon we got to get the, yeah, we have to get the artwork uh, redone for it. So I can submit it. We into, are I, still noodling on that artwork badly Yeah. because it's nuances. You yes. know how absolutely anal retentive I am. Yeah. And my OCD starts smacking me in the head when I look at something and it's not absolutely perfect. Yeah. And I will, I will chew on it and noodle on it until the time. That I can get it to where I'm not wanting to shred my own face every time I look at it. Exactly. Well, um, however, the, I will. Yeah. So this yeah, is- speaking of shredding my own face, I yeah. use Siri a lot because when I'm trying to get shit done, it is much easier to just wake her up and ask her what I need to know instead of having to possibly wash my hands because I'm cooking or put down what I'm doing that I really need to get done. So it's it's just easier to, you know, call her name, ask her the question and be able to keep going with what I'm doing. And I had my phone nearby. And of course, my watch and my phone both have their own individual identity. So when I woke her up, both electronics responded at once. So I had dueling series that were a split second off of one another for looking up and answering what I was looking for. It, it was frustrating and amusing all at the same time. Glitch, glitch, glitch. It was. It, it was a major glitch. I got 99 glitches. Yeah. And to pull. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And, and anymore, Apple apparently has a ton of glitches. How many fucking updates have we had to do in the last? Two yeah, months? don't even get me started. Jesus I, I, I had to pull this out too. This is this is an old this is an old uh, uh, jingle from uh, from No Agenda. Please. Put a goatsy on there, will you? That's one of my favorite things. A goat. That's great. Put the goatsy on there. All right. So, all right. So, the, um, okay. So now, now we go for a little bit, a little bit of serious stuff. So, um, I've been, as you know, I've been struggling with a lot of, uh, uh, I've been struggling with uh, the 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 stuff that my ex is trying to pull, and um, and so I, I've been kind of, and it's and it's been causing some uh, some considerable, uh, you know, there's been some issues in the house as a kind of a result of that, and I've been trying to get to the bottom of it because because unfortunately until I know what she's going to do or if she's going to do anything you know I won't know until I know right um 
But I, did, I was trying to figure out why am I so afraid of this? Because it, because it seemed like the fear I was having around it was a natural and, and, and something, was, uh, something was there. And so I was kind of trying to go through and figure out exactly why I was, um, you know, so what, what was I really afraid of with all of this? Because it seemed to me that there was something deeper there that, that it was more than just the situation. Because as I, as I, as I, as you think about the reality of what they can do and, and the time frame it's going to take and, and, and everything, it doesn't seem very real. The, the the fear that I'm having seems to be something deeper than that. It didn't. It doesn't. My fear. If I'm logically thinking about it, it didn't seem to. Um it didn't really seem to uh, go through, uh, you know, or you know, it didn't seem to be commensurate. So, I just so I, I went a little bit further back, and I'm going, okay, what in my life is, you know, uh, you know, what in my life might be causing, uh, you know, what might be something that I'm having a fear response to that this is related to, and so because because oftentimes emotion when, when you've got emotions, uh, their friend, you know, when you have an emotion, their the friends come out to play, uh, meaning that you're going to get emotion similar emotions about similar things. Now, if you don't understand what the real root emotion is, then you're gonna you're gonna be living it over and over again. That's why people have emotional reactions and avoid situations rather than deal with them because they don't know what they're, they don't know what the actual fear is. And in this case, I think I figured out what it is because, and I think it's real. It's, um, and so I, um, I don't know. My and we were going through pictures a few weeks ago of my um, some of my personal photographs, and we and and I knew that there was something that happened around the age of seven in my life that was that was traumatic in my life because my life changed a lot in that time period. Um, I went from um, you know my both of my parents and my parents were divorced at that point. They both had a job. They both had a, you know d- decent paying jobs. My mom actually worked at a factory for Intel, if you can believe that back back in the day, um, and then. My dad was a, was a firefighter, and so they both. They, I mean, I was going to a private school and everything, and then all of a sudden, they both lost their jobs, and uh, you know, and, and and I ended up living with my dad. My dad, um, you know, that that year uh, we we were living. Uh, I, I, we were living in, in the Santa Cruz mountains and we, uh, and, uh, unfortunately he had, uh, he'd ran into some bad times. He had, uh, you know, he'd lost his job. He had, uh, he actually ran his car into a telephone pole and, and, uh, you know, and, and I didn't even have a vehicle for a while. I had to, um, you know, I, sp- I had many, uh, many nights where I was either eating dinner at the neighbors or, um, you know, or sometimes not. And, uh, and we didn't even have power because my dad didn't have enough, you know, there, there was just money was really bad. And even, and I don't know exactly what my my mother was doing during this time, but I think she had eventually, um, I think at some point she'd she'd eventually moved to Hawaii, but my life was, and then I had spent a couple of years living with my, with my dad's uh, mom and, uh, you know, and, and there were, there was, you know, and I, and I was told later, I was told, you know, and I remember this as a kid being told, you know, God, since you've lived, since you started living with her, like your uh, situation is, uh, you know, that you're, that you're not the happy uh, boy that you used to be. And so we started, so, you know, so you can see it in the photos, right? I mean, you, you looked at some of those photos, right. That you saw of those, of those, uh, of me as a kid and you could kind of see. I did. And the stories that you've told me about your grandmother, it's very similar to, um, the stories that I've shared with you about my own. I don't know what the hell it is about the mothers of our fathers that were just fucked up bitches and really affected us negatively in our lives. It's just yeah. fucking ironic. And I, and I've got to now I, I know what I've got to do now. I've got to find the tarot draw that went with this. Right. Cause, cause we were, cause we were actually trying That's to, right. You did a tarot. Draw, I, I, I did remember. a, I did a tarot draw cause I was going, because, and, and as, and as usual with this stuff, it sometimes doesn't, it, it, it sometimes doesn't show up until, um, you know, the, the, you know, later almost that I'm trying, I'm actually trying to find it cause it was, it was a little while ago. Um, 
that, uh, you know, you look at this and you just go, wow, this is, uh, you know, a lot of things I, I, I must have not have taken it. I must not, I guess I didn't take a picture of it. So I'll have to look at it later, but this, uh, but the, but the draw was pretty much told me, it told me exactly what I was, what I was afraid of. Right. Is that, you know, my life was, my life was, so. Is I'll that put, the last draw you did? That's the last draw I did. Okay. So, so you can actually take a picture when we're in studio 33, arguably, and then post it in the chat. Yes. And put it in the show notes. Or put it in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, and, the that, chapters. That, and, and, and do that. Yeah. So I probably will do that. But so um, it was I recall that the, the yeah, so things were going, for, you know, things were, um, you know, I was certainly just exhausted. Right. The first card was the Ten of Swords. And it's just like and I'm trying to find a, you know, that even though I had a good position, I was trying to find a way out of where I was at or I was, uh, you know, I was, I was I was or, you know, I guess it depends on how you look at it. But it, with where the Ten of Swords. But I mean, the point is, I had a very good uh, position. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of uh, a bunch of change happened in my life and everything kind of went to shit. I mean, I went from, you know, going, you know, kind of you know, having a decent life and, 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 you know, I was in a private school actually. Uh, and I had to go to public school and I got, and I got bounced around. I'd spent nights, uh, you know, not knowing exactly which adult I was going to end up with at the end of the night. Um, the, you know, things were, things were very tight financially and, 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 and it was a very, and it just, that, that, uh, that period of, you know, that four year period was a real, was really rough. I got to, I ended up seeing a lot of things I didn't need to see. And, and, uh, it was in a lot of situations I didn't need to be in. I was, a um, you know, I had to, I had to learn how to ride the city bus as a, as a young child. I had to, uh, you know, I, I, I had to, uh, you know, I got, I got, uh, called for debts. My dad ran up because unfortunately he couldn't get a, he couldn't get a, a, an account with PG and E because, uh, he, he, uh, when, when you run into a telephone pole and, and yeah, you, you unfortunately that, uh, that causes the power company not to want to uh, give you power. Of course he didn't have credit either. So yeah, there was all kinds of, uh, issues there. There's a lot of trauma that I went through. And honestly, I think what I'm afraid of with all of this, and this is, this is the, the grand insight I had was that I think with all of this stuff that's going on with my ex this is my inner seven-year-old going, Hey, wait a minute, dude. Like, you know, the, the, this is when this ha if something like this happens, you could end up going down this road and being, you know, in an unstable environment and your know, family situation is all shit and everything. And, and, you know, but the reality of the situation phone boy is that myself and all of my family that, has met you and loves you but more importantly myself my mom even maybe wookie if push comes to shove we've got your back you are not going to go under because of this attila the cunt we will never let that happen yeah. we will defeat her evil yes so the, the long and the short of it is that yeah so what i realized with all of that is i realized that that's what i was afraid of i was I, so the fear that i'm having about my ex which you know and again when you analyze it, you go okay yeah she could do some stuff and it's going to be a being a bit annoying but i can but it'll be something i can deal with whereas and it has an end date and it has and it has an end date for the most part however my uh you know this 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 situation that I experienced at the age of seven, I didn't have time to experience this stuff. I was a young kid just trying to survive. And, you know, I had, a, as I said, I had a lot of, uh, you know, very negative experiences in that time. And I think there's a fear, there was a fear in me that with this stuff with my ex was going to, was going to devolve into something like that. And, and I didn't want to do that. And so, so now that I've acknowledged that that's what I was afraid of, it's like, okay, now I can look at the current facts and go, yeah, that's not so bad. So, you know, the thoughts still recur from time to time because there's, there's element, there's things I have to deal with. Uh, related to it uh, ultimately and that, and that means I'm going to have to look at the evil email again and so on but
it. I'm not good, but you know, but here's the thing: I'm not going to uh, allow it to take up a lot of rent in my head because the fear I have, the the fear I'm experiencing isn't. There is some fear about that, but it's not anywhere near what what I was associating it with, which is the fear of this other thing that happened when I 40 years ago. Yeah, you you named and shamed your fear, and you were able to put it into perspective of what is the worst case scenario. Can I handle the worst case scenario? And the fact that you have acknowledged what your fear was and you've looked at what the worst case scenario is and we're we're still looking, you know, a little deeper to see just exactly what power that corrupt ass court system in fuck Jay Inslee land uh has. But you've you've put it into perspective and now I think you feel a lot more confident that you have more power over the situation that it has over you. Yes, that's that's true. So by understanding, so the fear that I was having ultimately was not about the thing that I was having. I mean, I had some fear about it, but it was ultimately tied to something else that was greater that I never actually resolved from my childhood. And uh, you know, there's again, there's been a confluence of events that kind of led me down this uh, down this path. And so I've, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of funny. You know, I, I start. I look. There was a time when I would look at this. You know, when I would look at uh, evaluating these things and just not do it. It because who would I evaluate it with and 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 who and how would it make me feel you know any better or whatever but well this is again where the company you keep is essential yeah if you have a partner who you can't trust to tell your most inner deepest secrets to then you probably should not be with that partner that's true um now um I think we should probably we have a voicemail I think we, we, we uh, <laughs> I want more voicemails call two five three two three seven three three two one tell us how do you like your steak uh, in fact, you how know, do you, actually, how no, do you gonna, like the move actually you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna open up the phone lines here I love this call live two five three two three seven three three two one tell us how do you take your steak do you like it mooing and eating your salad like foam boy or are you a little more refined like a little pink in the middle but uh <clears throat> nice warm outside. Tell yeah. us about it. Yes. Or do you disrespect your meat terribly and cook it all the way through because, well, you like chewing on shoe leather. That's okay. That's the one thing I got to say about it. Dad, I think, liked his well done. And, and I never understood that. But that's, you know, that's just my I thing. actually have to say, since mom has moved in with us, the way that you cook her steak into the temperature, she's actually getting more used to having it not be murdered twice. Where it actually has some juice and some flavor. I mean, obviously, you're not cooking it so raw that it's eating the salad. No. But at the same time, yeah. you're not killing it twice and it looks like something you should never eat because it's so damn gray. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, let's, uh, we, we do, so we have one caller. He left two voicemails because he ran out of time, I think. But uh, it's, our, it's our usual guy. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, check in. Hello, PP. Phoenix and Fun Boy. Um, yeah, steak. Oh, let's see. Uh, well, growing up, I'd always get it well done. And uh, I guess just because usually my dad and my dad would just cook it and it was usually like uh, well done. Or uh, I just sent a picture on the, on the, you usually did it like well done or medium well. So that's what I was just used to. And I got the point where well, I was just kind of still in some ways not a big steak person. Like, I like it, but I'd rather just have a burger or something like that. Um, maybe it's just kind of like the overall meal-wise. But um, probably just because I feel like I have we have steak a lot. But, yeah. And then, like, now I'd, or I'd say a few years ago, like, I'd get medium well or something or medium, and people 
like even the the waiter the waitress or waiter would be like, "Are you sure?" You know, kind of deal. And I'm like, "Yeah, like what's the deal?" But uh, yeah, I gotta say, probably more like medium rare, and uh, never order rare, but maybe I will next time I get steak or we get steak, wife and I. But uh, yeah, definitely more flavorful. I think there's just also that like growing up the like you factor as far as like. It's pink, it's blood, it's, you know, it's nasty kind of thing. Like, just that mentality, whatever. Judge or not, I don't care. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the story of the steak. So, uh, then, you know, then you got to have that Zune sauce. At least growing up, you had to have the Zune sauce. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's steak. But, uh, I mean, steak and, you know, the stereotypical steak and potatoes and, or baked potato and uh, whatever. I mean, it's good, but if it's done like super, super well. But uh, yeah, I'm just rambling now. But I know when the wife and I we got engaged, and uh, so like we went out to a to a fancy place. It was actually in Santa Cruz. Um, well, for us, fancy, I guess. But I think it was the Chart House. Oh yeah, I've been uh, to the Chart House. Boy probably knows about it. But yeah, we went there and we got steak and stuff like that, and we got a. Uh, uh, I remember I paid like an extra ten dollars for the mocha rub or whatever, and we got the wine bearing and all the stuff that we don't normally do. Um, but uh, yeah, and like yeah, a little bit of mocha flavor to it, but uh, not worth the ten dollars. But yeah, hey, you only get engaged once, hopefully. But you know, either way, you get engaged, got to do it. Um, yeah. So all right, that's all the rambles. That's all the steak. I'm done. All right, I love you guys. Oh man. Yes. Well, we, part we, two. Part. Do we have to do part two here? With all the rambling and having nothing to say, I still went over the three minute mark. Man, I am not short and concise. That's what she said. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Stay dangerous. And if it's a Saturday or a Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or a Friday or you're in some alternate universe listening to this and they don't have any of those days, go ahead and give the hearty and jolly. Mr. Christopher Battles, thank you so much. Okay, Mama, just I think Mama was trying to call in while we were playing the voicemail from Christopher Battles, which, you know, we can't, uh, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to interrupt that stuff. So I think she may have left a voicemail. We'll find out. Mama, you can call back. You can try calling back. Or anybody else who wants to call, 253-237-3321. And here we go. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Phoenix and Phone Boy. That was me, and I hung up when I realized that he was doing part two. It's all but good, But anyway, Mama. to answer your question about the steak, I want pink in the middle... I don't want any blood, but yes, I definitely want a pink middle. Yeah, just and, don't moo at me. Yes, nice warm pink middle. I'm with that. Yeah. So, am I, am I correct in my assumption that Dad had to have shoe leather when he fucking ate steak? We had it so seldom, I don't even remember. Oh well. Yeah, I, I, I know my dad liked it. <clears throat> Killed twice. That's where my mom gets it from, and now you know she's actually eating quality steak. Cooked by a qualified professional in Phone Boy, so she's getting used to eating it, kind of like you like it—the the pink in the middle, but not all bloody. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't want any blood on the plate. That that kind of grosses me out. Yeah, it is. It is rather gross. That's why I harass phone boy all the time about the fact that the damn cow <coughs> is trying to eat his salad uh, on the plate. And when we go buy a field of cows, I'm like, hey, babe, there's a smorgasbord. Won't you run out and bite one on the ass? <laughs> yes. Well. Meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile, I I, I, rem- I remind her that uh, yeah, her 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 you know she, yeah, we're not going to kill the cow twice. We're definitely not going to do that. No, you um, you have to yeah. you have to properly prepare that moo. That animal gave its life. You want to mm. enjoy it in the most succulent way, yeah. not cooked to death. Yeah. I, I, but I will honestly eat a steak. I mean, any uh, you know, as long as it's not well. I mean, even well done, it's like yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I prefer, you can slog through a well done. Yeah, I can slog through a well done. But I'm gonna. But most of the time, if it's as long as long as there's some pink somewhere in the middle, I'm usually I'm usually okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, when when you need a power saw to cut your steak, you've definitely overcooked that shit. Yeah. So, well. But going from steak to eggs, just a second. Uh, I have started doing something, and I picked it up from you, Phoenix. When I go gather the eggs, I always say thank you to the chickens. Oh, I love that you adopted that. And, yeah, I think it's really important that if you have chickens or an animal that's providing you, whether it be, you know, milk from a cow or eggs from a chicken, that that animal does not have to do that. It's natural for it to, but you're kind of taking something from that animal. It's much like if you were to take something from another human being. You're not just going, even if that human being is, is you know, willingly giving it to you you're not just going to be a demanding a-hole and be like well you have no power because i'm a human and you're an animal so man i'm gonna take this shit be grateful because being grateful is important so i'm i'm really i i love the fact that you you do that um mama t that that means so much that i i inspired that well you know my you know my history in as far as having enough to eat so yeah anytime i get something like that i'm very grateful for it absolutely and and phone boy has actually spoken of similar things because and yeah i get it you know i mean my dad always made sure that we never went without a meal but that didn't necessarily mean that it was necessarily something i wanted to eat and I had a lot of trouble from early on and even worse once I turned 15 with my relationship with food. And there was a lot of times when I would not eat because of the fact that I felt like, well, someone else needs it more or, oh, I'm too fat. I don't deserve to eat. So now I have a completely different relationship with my food and having raised chickens, having raised turkeys and having, you know, a desire to have a small micro farm where I can have some cows and chickens and basically have animals that can assist in sustaining our diet and knowing what that animal is eating when we finally process it, that it's going to be along the guidelines of what we want as far as the cows not being grain fed and the chickens not being grain fed it's it makes the meat more flavorful it helps the consistency so yeah to to be grateful for 
the food that you're given, whether it's grateful that the universe saw fit for you to have enough money to buy the food or whether the animal saw fit to give you that food and in kind, I mean, it sounds weird, but I think weirdo has even picked up on the fact that like being, being good to your chickens, I would give my chickens wing rubs when I would, when I would hold them. And it used to drive my ex Mm. crazy because he was like, they're not pets. I'm like, but they're a fucking living creature that has feelings. So, you know, I would, I would, you know, hold one of the chickens and pet it, talk to it. Um, you know, I'd, I'd give it a little massage under its wings. They actually enjoyed the interaction we had because I would talk to them and I would just not treat them like they were just some farm animal. I, I truly had a, a connection with them. I actually liked them better than I liked my ex, but then again, we all know why that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't mean to take up so much time away from everybody else that wants to call in. I you have every right to do so. Hole. You, you're just as important as every other pedal head out there, Mama T. You take as much time as you like. We love you, Mama. We do. Uh, well, I love y'all, too, and I'll talk to y'all later about some other stuff. All right, Mama, enjoy the show. Thanks for calling in. Uh, okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, so can you uh, can you message? We've got the, another voice. You know, can you message the matriarch and tell her because it's I the can. it's the matriarch. She she'd called well, in. If if the matriarch is listening, she knows that she can call back into two five three two three seven three three two one, like you all can, and tell us how you like your steak prepared. Yeah. We want to hear about this. Yeah, yes, exactly. So yeah, we were yeah the reason yeah, but we can if she doesn't decide to call back in, we can play her voicemail that she left. But I, I wanted to give her a chance to actually call back in live because exactly because that adds a little bit more yeah. panache to the show. So exactly. Now, meanwhile, if you want to call back in. Yeah, exactly. So we're I, we're going to, meanwhile, I'll read the boostergram that came in from Weirdo for 1,000 sats, saying the only meat going in my mouth better be pink in the middle, if not bloody. Well, I mean, I can't I can't fault on that. And, and thank you, Weirdo, for that boost. We really appreciate that. And, hey, if anyone else wants to throw a boost, if you don't want to call in and you want to weigh in, you know, you can you can throw a boost at us. And tell us how you like your steak. Yeah. And I'm good with that. You know, the, the pink in the middle and not all bloody. Truly, if, if it's too pink, if, if it's getting encroaching upon red, that's that's not okay for me. That's that's a hard pass. Yeah. yeah. And it probably is psychological, but I also agree with the not liking the blood all over the plate. It's it's a it's visually a turnoff for me personally. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's uh, yeah, no space for black meat in weirdo's mouth. You know, hey, whatever kind of whatever color meat you like. Oh, that's the after after party. Yeah, exactly. So. All right. So what is so so is uh, the matriarch going to call back in here? I have no. Uh, she says she will, but I don't know okay. why she's waiting. There oh, here go. she is. OK. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Phoenix and phone boy. Oh, cool. Yes, you're live, Mom. Turn down your radio. <laughs> I uh, caller, turn down your radio. <laughs> All right, I'll try. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> All right, turn down um, the television. The remote control well, actually, volume is on the side. Actually, it's probably the speaker because it's going through John's speaker. Oh, that's right. Volume. Yeah. Yeah. 
there, yeah, oh, yeah. You, can, you can hear it. So, <laughs> all right, mom, what's your, what's, yeah. how do you like your steak? I like it a little bit right in the middle, pretty much like Mama T does. Yeah. You know, a little bit of blood, not too much. And I love the way it's seasoned. Yeah. He likes, she likes the way Phone Boy seasons the meat, even though. I'm the one seasoning the shit. I love it. Well, I'm not. Hey, I, I, are, I make your. I, I, I didn't mask. say. No, but I do. I do season yeah. it too. You know, I when I make steaks, when I it's like just her and I. I seasoned. I, I yeah, I that's, that's true. That that is true. But yeah, you are you are a fantastic grill master, phone boy. Kudos to you, and yeah. I'm glad that you are enjoying your steak less dead at this point, because <laughs> it's better for you health wise. I mean, I still don't eat a lot, but well, but it's better, but you're doing better than you were doing. Better than you are. <clears throat> yeah, I'm making progress. <laughs> all right, um, all right. I think we. I, all right, Mom. I, uh, thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, we will uh, we'll see you after the show here. Thanks for weighing in on how you like your steak. And if anyone else wants to weigh in real quick, they can call two five three two three seven three three two one and tell us how they prefer to mow the moo. Yeah. All right. Bye, Mom. Bye, Bye. Phoenix. I mean, phone boy. Yes. Phone boy. Yes. Uh, hope this ain't on the air. We got a package. It okay. is a heavy package. Okay. Yes. I. Yes. I. Okay, I know. Well, we will, we will that's just... stuff we don't put on. Oh. Our phone. So uh, message yeah. behind the channel. Yes. We got. We bye, got. Mom. I, I, bye. There we go. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm aware. I, that... I love the matriarch. God bless this woman. I will eventually teach her how things work in the tech world on a very basic level. Yes. In any case, I, I'm aware that there's packages. And anyway, so I, I will deal with that as we're done here. So, all right. We're going to leave the phone lines open as we go through the um, yeah, we gotta go, we're gonna we, we're gonna leave the phone lines open here. If you guys want to call in during the show, two five three two three seven three three two one, you can. Uh, Absolutely. Meanwhile, we're gonna go to the higher consciousness segment. I'll take a drink, and I my name's Smoke Little Rafe. You know, I I like to smoke Rafer. You know, it relaxes me and everything. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not freebase cocaine. That's right. We do not freebase cocaine. But this next story, it's a step in the right direction after all. It, it really is. So major drug test suppliers are going to stop testing for cannabis and prioritize fentanyl. So Psych Medics, a mass-based producer of drug testing kits, announced last week that they would be launching a new five-panel drug screen, which will shift the spotlight from marijuana to the paramounting threat of fentanyl amid a nationally changing legislative landscape with regard to cannabis laws and continually skyrocketing rates of fentanyl overdoses. Yeah, because they're fucking... It's in everything. You have to be so careful. Anything that is in a pill form, a powder form, can, and even weed can be laced with fentanyl. This shit is so fucking deadly, and yet you can get prescriptions for it. Way to go, FDA, you fucking douchebags. 
So Psych Medics, which by their own admission manufactured the first commercially viable hair test for the presence of drugs in 1986, said Friday that the way drug tests are currently performed are outdated and don't address the needs of employers or employees. Current drug tests are also not great at detecting fentanyl compared to traditional opioids, according to Psych Medics. They, by their own admission, Oh, I'm sorry. That's a cut and paste error on your part. So the announcement came after a study which Psychmedics said encompassed data from over 1 million drug, drug screenings. Unlike traditional urine testing, which can detect the presence of cannabis anywhere from a few days to around a month, hair testing has traditionally been a source of gripes from cannabis users whose hair follicles can sometimes test positive for cannabis even several months after use. Now, these new tests aim to change the standard by providing a more accurate reading than urine testing without the associated stigma of unfairly targeting cannabis users. The FDA has already approved the updated form of testing, according to the press release. <clears throat> See, I ha I I'm a little familiar with these hair follicle tests. And the problem that I have is they don't just pluck out one or two hairs. They take fucking scissors and cut a snippet of your hair. I find that very invasive. <clears throat> Not to mention, if you think you're going to outsmart this test by shaving your head, They'll take it from your fucking underarms. They'll take it from your pubes. They don't give a shit. And if you fully shave the whole kit and caboodle, your leg hair, your nut hair, whatever, yeah, they'll fail you. They'll make you come back. And you just don't want to get involved with that. And I agree. I think this is a step in the right direction because we were talking to Bemlet last night during Rideshare Radio on the late after edition, and he was talking about how his significant other had just been sent for drug testing. And one of the things that, because she was smart and asked, you know, what are you testing for? And they listed THC as one of the things that they were testing for, which we all agreed was fucking arbitrary because, hello, you live in a state where the shit is legal. So it was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So I'm, I'm glad that they're finally starting to get a clue, but they really do need to just all out outlaw fentanyl. I'm sorry. It has no good fucking purpose in society. Outside of a medical setting, if you're not being administered this in the hospital, you should not be able to get a prescription for it. Absolutely, positively fucking not. Not the least until you give federal legalization to cannabis for medical purposes. Do I even think you have the right to start handing out prescriptions of a fucking drug that two micrograms of which is enough to kill a large human being? Shame on you, FDA. Shame on you. Yeah, just, just remember, it's like George Carlin said. Drugs. Yeah, it's pretty much all the signs, right? We've got lots of drugs. In fact, uh, wait. Yeah, speaking of that. That's why we have a drug problem, I really feel, you know, because, like, everybody has access to drugs. 
Yes, and, and, and the DEA is proposing a dramatic increase in its 2023 production quotas for marijuana compounds and psychedelics like psilocybin and ibogaine to support research and clinical trials under the substances. Yeah, yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more, right? Um, the DEA wants to nearly double the amount of psilocybin, uh, psilocin uh, uh, and delta-9 THC that's manufactured compared to initial levels set for this year while quintupling how much uh, ibogaine is produced. It also wants 23 times as much much of the other tetrahydrocannabinol, raising the quota from 15,000 grams to 350,000 grams for 2023. That's a lot of fucking pot. That's what that is. Um, the agency has already increased its initial quota for various controlled substances, including cannabis and psychedelics, late last year when it finalized the numbers. But now, in a notice period in the Federal Register on Tuesday, the DEA said <laughs> that more significant changes are warranted. It's also proposing to manufacture 150 grams of Ibogaine, five times the amount it called for in December of 2022. <clears throat> While the agency didn't change its 6.7 million gram quota for marijuana for the year, it is now calling for the manufacture of 60, uh, 628,460 grams of Delta 9 THC rather than 384,460 grams, a 63% increase. Now, these are highly specific amounts of, T of THC. Now, you wonder what they're doing with this shit. Now, for all the other... Uh, I think they're enjoying some, you know... One bud for you, two bud for me, two bud for you, three bud for me. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> that's why they need so damn much. Yeah. For all the other tetrahydrocannabinol, the DEA wants 350,000 grams, a notable increase from its prior 15,000 gram quota, a massive 2,233% increase. Um, yes. The proposed increases, which are subject to a 30 day public comment period starting on Tuesday, comes in the context of an ongoing administrative review into the scheduling status of cannabis that DEA is actively uh, carrying out after receiving the recommendation from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services to move marijuana from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3 under the Controlled Substances Act. I have a story about that next, in fact. It also comes as experts await a potential federal approval for certain psychedelics like psilocybin and MDMA as therapeutics for the treatment of serious mental health conditions. So, yeah, it is a step in the right direction that they're making more of it, but the question is, are they actually going to make it so it's legal? Well, I mean, we could say that this is maybe just some posturing and they're kind of placating people and that this will end up going nowhere. And what recourse do we have? We can't say, well, you're dragging your feet, you're just posturing because they're going to vehemently deny it. And how do you prove it any other way? That's right. Well, yeah. <clears throat> so meanwhile, I think uh, we, we I, th I think this clip is uh, the, the, the so enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. So um, now there are two advocacy coalitions representing opposite ends of the political spectrum have joined forces to call for President Joe Biden. Fuck Joe Biden. And fuck Joe Biden. Fuck, fuck, fuck Joe, Joe Biden. Biden. Hey. All right. So uh, to remove marijuana from the Federal Controlled Substances Act, saying it's the only path that would fulfill the president's campaign promises to decriminalize cannabis. Now, the two groups are the left leaning Marijuana Justice Coalition and the more conservative Cannabis Freedom Alliance. Now, the former includes members such as American Civil Liberties Union, Human Rights Watch, Center for American Progress, Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights and Drug Policy Alliance, while the latter is steered by organizations including the libertarian minded Reason Foundation, America's for Prosperity, and R Street Institute. Now, 
In a joint letter sent to President O'Biden on Thursday, the two coalitions noted that together they represent a diverse range of did non-profit. Did you just say O'Biden? Oh yes, I you did. You really did. I really just did say O'Biden. Oh and if you're at all, if you've been listening to No Agenda for a while, you you recognize that. Oh, I, I understand the reference. I just haven't heard it in a minute. It took me by surprise. Yes, there you go. So, O'Biden, oh yes. Um, so... Is that what Jill screams? Oh, Biden. I guess, yes. Um, now, while the Department of Health and Human Services has recently recommended to the Drug Enforcement Agency or Administration that the marijuana, that mean marijuana be rescheduled from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3 of the CSA, the two coalitions say that that change would fall short of Biden's promised reform. Now, removing m marijuana completely from the CSA would allow state-based regulatory programs to function as intended without unnecessary federal interference, the letter says. Although the groups also call on Biden to encourage Congress to craft a well-thought-out plan for reasonable federal regulation and for implementing interstate commerce uh, uh, as part of federal uh, descheduling legislation. Yeah, I mean these people actually think that a politician is going to keep his campaign promise. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Unfucking real. Yeah. Well, this next story is unfucking real. I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. So country cannabis outlaw and icon Willie Nelson entered the Michigan cannabis market, debuting his cannabis brand in the state last week. Michigan is the eighth state so far to sell flour from the singer-songwriter's exclusive cannabis brand, Willie's Reserve, which will be available at all Puff locations and several other dispensaries across the state. Nelson has earned his name in the cannabis world after decades of support. Now at 90 years old, Nelson has attributed cannabis as his secret to a long life and a main driving force in quitting cigarettes and alcohol. His lifetime battles with addiction. And he's ready to share his cannabis brand now in Michigan, which is <coughs> something he can truly stand behind. Willie's Reserve is working with Lansing, Michigan-based Aardvark Industries to supply dispensaries with the flour. The strains are potent, ranging from 24 to 30% THC, with names such as Cousin Strawberry G, Cousin Larry X Strawberry Cough, or Hitman OG, which is OG Kush and an unknown hybrid Indiga. So ultimately, the, the Cousin Strawberry G is Cousin Larry mixed with Strawberry Cough. So you know that shit's going to be potent. If you've ever had any Strawberry Cough, oh man. Now details about Willie's reserve specific strains in the area haven't yet been released. The brand sends a variety of pre-rolls, eighths, and quarter jars, among other products. You can check the website to find where Aardvark Industries cannabis can be found. Aardvark Industries is also handling local operations of Cheech's Stash, a brand created by comedian and actor Cheech Marin, one half of the duo Cheech and Chong. Now, Nelson launched Willie's Reserve in 2015, starting out with simple labeling and stock tins. Building on a long career of singing about and advocating for cannabis use, Willie's Reserve represents a culmination of Nelson's vision and his whole life, according to company spokesman Michael Bowman. In 2016, Nelson opened shop in three states, Washington, Colorado, and Washington. What? I know. This is literally a, 
they who wrote this article because they should be taken out and beaten severely. So that was not a fuck up on our part. That was literally how this was written, which is why it was left in there. So it wasn't long until Willie's Reserve started appearing on dispensary shelves in Oregon and Las Vegas. In October 2017, Nelson announced his cannabis line was headed for California after the passage of Prop 64, opening the doors for the largest state cannabis market in the U.S. at the time. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, we, we yeah. So I, I hope that Tennessee eventually gets their shit together and realizes. You know, it's funny. I was having a conversation with one of my riders and it might have even been the guy from Hawaii about the fact that our governor is so fucking busy worrying about men dressing up in women's clothing and reading to little kids that he's turning a blind eye, in my personal opinion, as a taxpayer in this state. To shit that really needs to be addressed, like legalization of weed, restriction and ultimately destruction of fentanyl, and trying to contain, because it's been out of control for so long, the meth epidemic that we have here in our state. So the fact that this guy thinks the biggest fucking problem we have is men dressing up as women reading to little kids, this motherfucker needs a lesson. And and I really encourage anyone to write to Governor Lee in the state of Tennessee. They're bitching about not having money for the infrastructure. Hello? Have you looked the fuck around, Scooby-Doo? Okay? All these states who have legalized it, who've come into this century, okay, they're... Their coffers are overflowing with revenue for doing the right thing, for plucking their antiquated white man ass out of their head, out of their ass and realizing that fucking marijuana is not the enemy here. We have a lot bigger dangers out there than the good herb. I assure you. But keep turning a blind eye to that, dude. Way to way to go. Remember, the elections are coming up, Sparky. You might want to consider that. Look around, America. Yeah, you, yeah, definitely needs to look around. Uh, be uh, yeah. So uh, meanwhile, it's uh, time to go to the back of the napkin, which uh, iPhone schmiphone. The way I see it, the only good phone's a landline, and the phone should be made out of bakelite. All right. Meanwhile, what is uh, what's for dinner tonight, honey? I guess you have to play the clip first, though, right? It looks like it's alive. I don't think it's going to be living in the fridge for long because I am making a delicious four cheese chicken and broccoli cheddar casserole. That's right. We've got some cream cheese, some Parmesan, some Gouda, and some cheddar all up in that delicious cheese sauce. They got mixed in with some riced cauliflower and chopped up broccoli and cubes of chicken seasoned with some Costco no salt seasoning. And then we topped it with some shredded cheddar and put it in the oven so it will actually be turning itself on in about eh, 15 20 minutes cooking for about 45 and then it will be nice and yummy bubbly delicious there will be pictures posted and we will be eating heartily this evening. Yeah, I think I think we're timing the the, the length of the show is coming out that the timing of the, of all of this is actually pretty uh, pretty good I think. So Yeah, well, you know, I'm not just a professional in the kitchen. I'm I'm learning. Yeah, exactly. So, meanwhile, I think it's time to go to the next uh, uh, story here.
Something you have violated it. robot's rules of order and will be asked to leave the future immediately. Oh God! I, okay, so I, I have to I have to explain this clip. So, um, so um, we so I I decided I needed I wanted to pull a clip from uh, from from I think we're all bozos on this bus from Fire Sign Theater for um, um, for well I think one of my favorites for, one of the yes it's, it's it's great story and unfortunately so I sat there and I went clip after clip after clip and we were trying to and it, it this turned out to be the best uh, clip I think the clip I was thinking for this. Um, the clip actually, we couldn't agree on the version of the clip that you were thinking of for this. So when that particular clip came up, it was like the light bulb bing, over your head, and we were like, "That's the clip." That's the clip. So now, and it's it's a story about AI, right? So while recent evolutions in AI have netted some profoundly interesting advancements in creativity and productivity, its early implementation in journalism has been a comically sloppy mess, thanks to some de decidedly human problems, namely greed incompetence and laziness and you know that you can always ex explain just about anything with those three things now if you remember the cheap steaks over at red v cheap cheap steak yeah cheap skates not cheap steaks uh, don't eat cheap steaks folks um this is a, at, at red ventures implemented ai over at cnet without telling anybody now the result is that articles rife with accuracy problems and plagiarism of the 77 articles published more than half had significant errors it, it ultimately cost them more to have human editors come in and fix the mistakes than the money they'd actually saved after backlash red ventures paused the effort now gannett the giant media company that owns usa today and very likely whatever's left of your local newspaper um although i don't think they own our local newspaper i don't think they're they are usa if, i uh, doubt it no uh they were also forced to pause its use of ai earlier this year because the resulting product was laughably bad and full of obvious errors now even when used for this kind of basic uh, writing uh, llms are supposed to excel at that like basic box score journalism now don't forget we covered a story on the sports writing done by AI that was so atrocious. No, that's right. Now, fast forward to this week, and Gannett is once again under fire for allegedly making up writer bylines as cover for a diff for a different low-quality AI experiment. This time, the problems bubbled up at, at, at ReviewBed, a USA Today-owned product review website where staffers noticed that badly written product reviews of product staffers had never uh, seen were popping up under the bylines of people who didn't exist. Now, all of the articles in question are still sterile and not particularly engaging and all shared uh, notable similarities. Now, while AI can definitely improve journalism efficiency on everything from transcription to editing, the kind of fail upward types at the, at the top of the media industry food chain generally see the technology as a way to cut corners and assault already woefully mistreated and underpaid human labor, especially of the unionizing variety. Now, unionized writers at Review, Reviewed say that Gannett was trying to obfuscate its efforts to undermine un, uh, unionized uh, human staff after its embarrassing face plant earlier this year. Now, amusingly, when the approach the uh, when approached for comment by the Washington Post, a Gannett spokesperson first tries to deny that the articles were AI generated that implies that if they were AI generated, uh, it was all the fault of a third party marketing firm. Yeah. So the marketing Pass firm. the buck. Way to go. Yeah. The, the marketing firm in question redirected questions back to Gannett. Now, WAPO reporters couldn't find evidence of any writer, of, of any of the writers existing. Now, the site's human writers say it's obvious that AI was used, noting the marketing firm in question clearly advertises that it engages in polishing AI generative text. WAPO, WAPO, WAPO. That's right. I do have the, I do have the, I think I might have to actually pull up the WAPO clip while you, uh, uh, you can talk for a second. I here. absolutely can. So, again, the problem here generally isn't the tech itself. AI will ultimately improve and become increasingly useful in a myriad of ways. 
The problem is the kind of humans implementing it and the way they're implementing it without involving or even telling existing staffers. The affluent hedge fund brunch lord types that dominant key positions across U.S. media leadership clearly see AI not as a path toward better product or more efficient workforce, but as a shortcut to building an automated ad engagement machine that effectively shits money. And as an added bonus, a way to undermine staffers pescally demanding health insurance <clears throat> and a living wage. Yeah, because, you know, why would you want to provide that or expect that, you know, as an employee? Fucking douchebags. So large U.S. media companies are filled to the brim with managers who are terrible at their jobs to begin with, making their failure on AI unsurprising. When it comes to the folks shaping the contours of modern journalism, ethics, product quality, accurately informing the public, staff happiness, or genuine human interest, very often they never even enter the frame. Very fitting. As is this absolutely fitting. Next clip. Yes. Uh, so Scarlett Johansson hits an, hits an AI app with legal action for cloning her voice in an ad. Uh, now, Scarlett Johansson uh, uh, um, is taking legal action against an AI app developer for using her name and likeness in an online ad, according to a report from Variety. The ad was for an AI image editor called Lisa AI, 90s yearbook and avatar, and featured as an AI-generated version of Johansson's voice. Now, as reported by Variety, the 22-second ad showed Johansson behind the scenes while filming Black Widow, where she actually says, what's up, guys? It's Scarlet, and I want you to come with me. But then the ad transitions away from Johansson, while an AI-generated voice meant to sound like the actress states, it's not limited to video avatars only. You can also create images with text and even your AI videos. I think you shouldn't miss it. Now, at the very bottom of the ad, Variety reports that uh, Convert Software, the developer behind the app, included text that reads, images produced by Lisa AI. It has nothing to do with this person. Representatives for Johansson tell Variety that the actress was never a spokesperson for the app and their attorney, uh, Kevin Yorn, handled the situation in a legal capacity. We do not take these things lightly. Per our usual course of action in these circumstances, we will deal with it with all legal remedies that we will have, Yorn said in a statement to Variety. Neither Yorn nor Covert Software uh, or Convert Software responded to the Verge's request for comment about the nature of the legal action. Now, as AI becomes even more accessible, we're bound to see cases similar to this in the future. Musicians are already contending with voice cloning that can make it seem like Drape is Drake is dropping a new signal, or Johnny Cash is uh, is is covering Taylor Swift, while deepfake technology is making it possible for Tom Hanks' AI-generated likeness to appear in an ad for a dental plan without his consent. Yes. So, yeah. There's Hollywood- a reason why the uh, SAG and the talent, if you can call them that, out in Hollyweird, is having big issues. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of these lawsuits coming to pass because studios are realizing that they can try to find that loophole to use the AI generation images and voices of the, you know, talent without having to pay them all the money. Why would you want to have to pay someone for their talent and voice when you can just AI generate it? 
I, I just I think we're going to see a lot more print happening about this particular incidence. Oh, no question. Um, and I'm surprised we don't see more print about this next story. Shout out his name. Yeah, if you're not familiar with that, that actually comes from uh, George Orwell's 1984 movie. And it is to talk about and basically reference the telescreen on the wall. So when you buy a TV streaming box, there are certain things you wouldn't expect it to do. It shouldn't secretly be laced with malware or start communicating with servers in China when it's powered up. It definitely should not be acting as a node in an organized crime scheme, making millions of dollars through fraud. However, that's been the reality for thousands of unknowing people who own cheap Android TV devices. Mmm, Chineseium. In January, security researcher Daniel Milisic discovered that a cheap Android TV streaming box called the T95 was infected with malware right out of the box with multiple other researchers confirming the findings. But it was just the tip of the iceberg. Today, cybersecurity firm Human Security is revealing new details about the scope of the infected devices and the hidden interconnected web of fraud schemes linked to the streaming boxes. Yeah, so human security researchers found that seven Android TV boxes and one tablet with the backdoors installed, and they've seen signs of 200 different models of Android devices that may be impacted, according to a report shared exclusively with Wired. Now, the uh, the devices are in homes, businesses, and schools across the U.S. Meanwhile, human security says it has also taken down advertising fraud linked to the scheme, which likely helped pay for the operation. And now, human security research is divided into two areas. Bad box, which involves the compromised Android devices and the ways that they are involved in fraud and cybercrime. The second, dubbed Peach Pit, is a related ad fraud operation involving at least 39 Android and iOS apps. Now, Google says it has removed the apps following human uh, security's research, while Apple says it has found issues in several of the apps reported to it. Now, now, first, bad box. Uh, cheap Android streaming boxes, usually costing less than $50, are sold online and, and in brick-and-mortar shops. Now, these set-top boxes often are unbranded or sold under different names, partially obscuring their source. In the second half of 2022, Human Security says in its report, its researchers spotted uh, an Android app that appeared to be linked to inauthentic traffic and, and, and connected to the domain flyermoby.com. Now, when Milsic posted his initial findings about the T95 Android box, in January, the researcher also pointed to the Flyer Moby domain. The team at Human purchased the box and multiple others and started diving in. Now, the TV devices are built in China. Oh! Yes. Somewhere before they reach the hands of the resellers, and the researchers don't exactly know where, a firmware backdoor is, is added to them. Now, this backdoor, which is based on the Triada ma uh, ma uh, malware first spotted by a security firm Kaspersky in 2016, modifies... I've heard of them. Yeah. Modifies one element of the Android operating system, allowing itself to access apps installed on the devices. Now, then it phones home. Now, unbeknownst to the user, when you plug this thing in, it goes into a command and control in China and downloads an instruction 
construction set and starts doing a bunch of bad stuff, Gavin Reed, CISO at Human Security says. Uh, Human Security tracked uh, multiple types of fraud uh, linked to uh, you know, residential proxy services where the group behind the scheme or this, the, the, the scheme sell access to your home network, the creation of fake uh, Gmail and WhatsApp accounts using the connections, and remote code installation. Now, those behind the scheme were, were selling access to residential networks commercially, the, the company's uh, report says, um, and... Um, and remote code installation. Now, the, those behind the scheme were selling access to rental networks, which Comort says, claiming to have access to more than 10 million home IP addresses and 7 million mobile IP addresses. That's a, that's a, that's Just another reason not to trust Android. Excellent. Zach, and then there's what human security calls Peach Pit. Now, this is an app-based fraud element, which has been present on both the TV boxes as well as Android phones and iPhones, or iPhones, Reed says. Now, the company identified 39 Android, iOS, and TV box apps that were that were involved. These are template-based applications, not very high quality, says uh, uh, Joe uh, Santos, a, 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 a security researcher at the company. Now, apps uh, about developing six-pack apps and logging the amount of water a person drinks were included. Now, just to give you an idea. The apps prefer Formed a range of fraudulent behavior, including hitting advertisements, spoofed web traffic, and malvertising. The uh, research says that while those behind Peach Pit appear different in, from those behind Bad Box, it is it is the it is likely that they're working together in some way. Now they have this SDK that did the ad fraud part, and we found a version of this SDK that matches the name of the module that was being dropped on the Bad Box. Santos says, referring to a software development kit. Now that was another level of connection that we found. Now Human Securities <laughs> research says that the ads involved are making 4 billion ad requests per day with 121,000 Android devices impacted and 159,000 iOS devices impacted. There had been 15 million downloads in total for the Android apps the researchers calculate. Now the bad box backdoor was found only on Android, not on any iOS device. Now Reed says that based on the data the company has, which isn't a complete picture due to the complexity of the ad industry, those behind the scheme could have easily earned $2 million in one month alone. Now, While the attackers have been slowed, the boxes are still in people's homes and on their networks. And unless someone has technical skills, the malware is very hard to remove. You can think of these bad boxes as kind of sleeper cells. They're just sitting there waiting for instruction sets, Reed says. Ultimately, for people buying TV streaming boxes, the advice is to buy branded devices where the manufacturer is clear and trusted. And as Reed says, friends don't let friends plug in weird IoT devices into their home networks. I can't think of it. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, buying those things is kind of scary. I know when we were looking at, uh, um, I, I know when I was looking for uh, the, you know, emulation boxes, uh, you know, uh, we were, I, we saw them on a- Amazon, and they, the, you, you could just tell when you put when you when you when you stuck it in. I'm like, I wonder what else is in this thing, and was kind of happy to not have it on a network or anything because I'm sure it would be just, it would just be horrified. Undoubtedly. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think we're gonna go to the we're gonna we, we're gonna skip the junk drawer this week because we don't have anything in it. We've actually cleaned it out for a change. Uh, so we're gonna go to the dishonorable mentions y'all are a bunch of fucking degenerates so now this go, is such a crock of shit because because american birds and dozens more will be renamed to remove human monikers because uh so get ready to say goodbye to a lot of familiar f- familiar bird names like anna's hummingbird gamble's quail lewis's woodpecker bewick's wren bullock's Oriole and more. That's because the American Ornithological Society, there we go, has vowed to change the English names of all bird species currently named after people along with any other bird names deemed offensive or exclusionary. So, you know, they're just going to rename birds, you know. More fucking virtue signaling, I swear to fucking God. Oh, wait, like this shit. 
Now, Uber and Lyft have agreed to pay $328 million after cheating drivers out of hundreds of millions of dollars. That's right. The New York Attorney General... Letitia James' office said Uber will pay $290 million and Lyft will pay $38 million into two separate settlement funds, which will be entirely distributed to current and former drivers, the AG's office said. Now, I've heard nothing about this, and I fucking work for both those platforms. Now, the ride-hailing companies also agreed to provide sick leave and better pay to drivers going forward. The settlements resolve multi-year investigations into Uber and Lyft, which found that company policies withheld hard-earned pay from drivers and prevented them from receiving valuable benefits available under New York labor laws. The announcement said... I'm sorry, the announcement said, calling it the largest back pay settlement in the New York Attorney General Office's history. The Attorney General's office estimates that over 100,000 drivers, most of whom are immigrants, will be eligible for payments. Notices will be sent to people who are eligible for payments, and links to claim forms are available uh, underneath the story in a link. Yes, well, of course, we'll provide a link to all of our stories. You know what the sad part is, though? When you break down... Now, let's just do some quick math. So, you've got... 290 and 38, which comes out to 328 million. You divide that over 100,000 drivers. What do you figure each one of those really getting? Well, they're not really getting it. I mean, I'll do some quick math here based on what Weirdo said. So give me a second while I while I do that. Um, but you can talk while I. Well, yeah. And, you know, he says 40 percent of the settlement fund goes to the attorney's office. Yeah, you're you're right. Like, we're that's why I'm saying like, that's why I wanted Phone Boy to break down the numbers on this for you pedalheads, because at the end of the day, yeah, they're going to flash these big numbers like, ooh, 290 mil and 38 mil. And, oh, you know, it's it's only being spread out over 100,000 drivers, which would be, you know, a whole lot more if yeah, the it, fucking attorneys weren't taking yeah. almost half so, of so it. If you, yeah, if you, yeah, so if you just divide uh, 328 million uh, divided by 100,000, you get 3,280, which, which would, and that, that's, before, that's before the attorneys attorneys take their cut so you can assume that the drivers are, might get you know they might get a thousand bucks or something maybe a piece at uh, best. maybe you know and i doubt that they'd even get that so yeah i mean the, the reality exactly. it's it's it, you know class action lawsuits the only people who win are the lawyers and that's that's almost always what happens with it exactly uh, so. it's absolutely smoke and mirrors yes so but i think uh but i think we're uh we've kind of reached this uh, so fucking over this now we've reached the end of another uh, another show here and uh, I think it's uh, that's right. Yeah. So I think we, we end these things something like this, I think, don't we? Something like this. Jordan fades back. Swoosh. And that's the game. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.